Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. My name is BJ Ryan, teaming up with the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, BJ. Lovely to be here. It's good, isn't it? How, how, what about the weather this week in Perth? Outstanding stuff. Has been. I hope you haven't been uh, utilizing too much of it. We are meant to be locked indoors unless it's a, uh, a brief exercise session, BJ. So I hope you haven't been uh, out and about gallivanting in these thirty in this thirty-five degree heat. No, just taking the dog for the occasional walk. Um, just getting out of the house, getting rid of a bit of cabin fever, Terry. But yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting times continue to roll on in in Perth, West Australia, and, and across the world. But um, from a racing point of view, we we had a, a pretty exciting Caracatta Plate Day, Pinjarra Cup Day last weekend. And this week we move into the Ascot doubleheader with the annual, the now annual Good Friday Ascot meeting, WATC Derby Day on Saturday. And on this episode or this edition of the 1-1, we're joined by our, by our special guest trainer, Dan Pierce. We certainly are. Very excited to uh, ask Dan a few questions and uh, grill him over a few of his horses and hear a bit of his background. So very much looking forward to hearing from, uh, from Mr. Pierce, Karakata winning trainer as well, I might add, BJ. That's right. That's right. The one and only dig deep. Um, so before we get to Dan, just quickly run through a few of the talking points from last weekend. Congratulations to Ganjimi Racing, Jordan Turner, and everyone involved with Karakata Plate winner, I'm a Single Man. Pretty impressive to do that at uh, his second race start, sat outside the odds-on favourite Gemma's son and and held on to defeat the the fast-finishing uh, Watch Me Dance. It was a pretty good edition of the Karakata, this one, Terry. Yeah, I think it was um, really impressive win considering, uh, as you said, had to sit outside the hot pot and the fitter horse and, um, or probably the fitter horse and uh, really, really strong. I think uh, I'm a single man actually did quite a bit wrong in the run as well. So um, Sky could potentially be the limit for that uh, Chris Jan Jemmy runner. Yeah, he wasn't considering the, the numbers that came through post, post race. He probably wasn't entitled to keep going the way he's going considering how fast they went early but mm. geez he's got some quality about him i'm a single man and and fresh horse on the scene coming via a, a midweek win and and to win a character play it's quite quite significant i thought the second horse was enormous wins the size i think watch yeah. me dance yeah yeah she's she's a, she's the real deal watch me dance dark assault the fellow albany uh, trained two-year-old. He went. He went fantastic. Gemma's son. Tell you what, I had, I had some of the late eighty, ninety to one about Dark Assault as well. Even though I tipped on a single man, I was sort of. I was in a few different, uh, do a few different frames of mind over the last fifty meters of a race, which is a probably a nice position to be in. But um, yeah, we can't complain. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was a really good edition of the Karakata. and um, although uh, Star Colt, Gemma's son, tasted defeat for the first time. David Harrison, trainer David Harrison. He did gain some minor consolation on the day with the very much informed media baron winning the old comrade stakes. Yeah, very much looking forward to uh, media baron hitting the levels we always thought uh, might and um, heading towards the railway stakes later this year. Yeah, I think I read in the West today that he's heading for a spell now. He won't be contesting the um, 1800 metre race that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I think that's the Diggers Cup that they were talking about, but... Jay Rooney reporting this morning that he is heading out and he'll be back for a uh, spring summer campaign. He's um, yeah, he's really turned into the horse, as you said, that that everyone um, thought he was going to be as a three-year-old. So, congrats to everyone involved there. Uh, we also saw the flying red can man. He he made it three 
Ascot wins in a row. He's another who looks destined for bigger and better things come carnival time later this year. Um, he's a super, super horse, red cam man. And um, 1,400 back to 11 was was mighty and holding off Laver Rod. And we also witnessed fellow three-year-old Cliffs of Comfort. He maintained his unbeaten record and he's been smashing the clock in the process for, for the Pierce Brothers, Terry. Yes, he, uh, he certainly is. That's probably a good cue to bring in our guest, isn't it, BJ? Certainly is. Yeah, coming off the back of Cliffs of Comfort's third win in a row, we'd like to uh, to welcome uh, one half of the successful training combination, the older and wiser of the brothers, Dan Pierce. Welcome to the 1-1, Dan. Morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Excellent, excellent. Thanks. Obviously, you're connected to the 1-1 via, via Terry and uh, his crew being... Um, Owners of the People's Horse, Dig Deep. He's just a, he's just a fan, BJ. He's just, he's one, just one of our millions and millions of fans <laughs> worldwide. So before we go any further, uh, everyone is just just wants to know where is where is Dig Deep and will he be uh, will he be appearing anytime soon for all the listeners out there? Yeah, so Dig Deep will uh, trial Monday. He's uh, he's coming along really well. Um, uh, yeah, good to have him back in uh, back up and about, and um, yeah, excited to get him back to the races. Good stuff. So we want to um, just touch on some of your your backstory, Dan. Where you where you come from? How you how you ended up, um, you know, as a as a, in a training partnership with your brother. But I suppose we have to go back back to your dad, um, Cole Pierce, a uh, very well known racing identity um, owner trainer back in the day. But I believe he started off his racing journey as a as an owner with um, the Jeff Durant stable. Jeff, obviously, the father of Adam. Yeah, so Dad had a few horses uh, with Jeff back in the day, and uh, and then um, and they uh, they became uh, friends. And uh, when we uh, we moved down our way, um, or down down near Jeff and uh, and Vicky at the time, and um, and Dad started messing around with a few himself. So um, us kids were all in uh, going through pony club and uh, and whatnot, um, and just starting out riding. So we were helping him uh, helping him ride them, and uh, yeah, it all sort of went from there. So is it right that the the Pierce property and the Durant property are next door to each other, or, or share a share a training facility of some sort? Can you explain that situation? To yeah, us? so there's there's one property in between us, um, yep. and the uh, the public um, the the tracks on public uh, road reserve across the back. So um, so yeah, we all go out and work onto the same the same track, um, and uh, and yeah, have done for years the same uh, same track we were. Uh, we were riding horses out when we were uh, when we were 13, 14. So, um, so yeah, we've been uh, been out there for a while. So your dad had, I remember back in the day, he had quite a bit of success with horses like Professional Lady and Tip the Angel and Stars in My Vein. So was your dad, did he just teach him, was he like self-taught horse trainer? Did he have some experience? Did he just pick things up as he as he went or did he do a bit of work for, for Jeff? How did how did he learn how to, how to potter around as an owner trainer? Yeah, well, I mean, dad... Dad's followed racing his whole life, and um, and he picks things up as he goes, and, uh, and he's very good at um, self self teaching himself, I guess, um, um, with uh, with lots of things. So um, so yeah, Dad sort of picked it up as he went, and, uh, and then we were uh, we were riding a bit of work for uh, for Jeff, and, um, and so we'd bring that uh, that side of things to the party as well. So uh, so it was sort of a just sort of learn as you go and uh, and learn as you make mistakes as well i guess so um so yeah we all sort of all all learned as we went so yeah you, you touched on your you know you and your brother doing pony club and and riding riding work now you 
can you explain to the to the listeners how how you ended up um i guess getting involved heavily in eventing and moving and how, how old you were when you moved moved to new south wales to to try and carve out a career in the the eventing world um so when i was at school and, and sort of in my in my teens i had a uh, a couple of horses that um that we were taking around eventing and uh, and i got a horse up to quite a high level uh, which what you call three-star level um over here and i took that horse over to work for a guy called heath ryan um he was the olympic coach at the time um and um, that was where uh, that was the direction I wanted to be going in, um, and uh, so yes, yeah, so I spent I ended up spending about six or seven years over there uh, working for Heath, um, and uh, in that time we had, had horses at that high level, and uh, and I went um, went uh, to Europe with him and uh, and groomed for him at the World Championships and spent some time uh, going through England and Europe, and uh, um, so yeah, so that was uh, that was pretty well for that period of time. That was my life, and that was what I. Uh, what I wanted to do and wanted to be. So, so, and then how did you pivot from, from the eventing back, back into the thoroughbred world? Well, in that time, in that time that I was over there, dad and Ben at the time were, uh, we're, we're having a lot of success with horses like your um, uh, professional ladies and um, at, at the time. So I was always, uh, I was, uh, I was very heavily involved in the eventing, but I was always, Ducking down to the pub and watching the watching dad's horses, so um, I never completely stepped away from the from the racing. And then when I finished up working for Heath, I um, ended up uh, getting I got two breakers just to make a bit of extra money on the side, uh, two two thoroughbred breakers, uh, which I then started uh, taking back into the track there at Newcastle in a uh, broad meadow, and uh, and then uh, yeah, that was enough to uh, I had two and. Uh, sent back two and he sent me back four and I sent back four and he sent me back eight and uh, before <laughs> I knew it I had a uh, had a stable full of thoroughbred breakers again and uh, and I was uh, well and truly back in the uh, in that direction good good so um you had your first runner according to the database that I can see you had your first runner at Tari on October 17 2008 uh I don't really know how to pronounce that horse Tobe or no Tobe how'd I go <laughs> oh, to, be, to be or not to be <laughs> And on, that day, on that day, it definitely <laughs> wasn't to be. <laughs> Brilliant. Hard, hard luck story. Yeah, that's great. How did you go, Dan? I can't remember how it went. How did it go? It didn't win. No, you had your first winner at, at the same track, Tari, April 21, 2009, with a horse called Hunter Rockstar. Hunter Rockstar, yeah. So he was my first winner. It was a... Um, it was pouring. I remember it was pouring with rain when we turned up at the track and... Um, and uh, and I thought the races would be called off, and uh, but we unloaded and went out, and we had them in the mounting yard, and they were walking around, and uh, and I was looking across, and the barriers were um, were still side on on the track, and I thought there's something going on here, and uh, I looked across, and the barriers had actually got bogged down the 1400 metre chute, <laughs> and uh, and it was on a heavy heavy ten, and the barriers had got bogged at about the 1350. And uh, they were heading down to the 1400 metre mark. So they've just pushed them back and they've turned them at the 1300 metre mark and they've changed it from a, from a 1400 to a 1300. And, uh, and yeah, didn't, uh, didn't worry my bloke. <laughs> Great stuff. So, so how, did you, how did you make your way back to, to WA after your, um, your many years in New South Wales and then moving into braking and then, and then taking out your trainer's licence? What, what, what brought you back to, to WA? Uh, well, I pretty well. I drifted away from the uh, from the eventing 
um, and sort of lost lost sight of that, and uh, and was doing racehorses full time. Um, and I had Dan, I was can I just, just jump in. Can you can yeah. you actually punt on the eventing at all? No, no, okay. you can't. You'd be, okay. Yeah, that, you'd that's be a no pretty good. major. No, de- that's a pretty major deterrent, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've no interest for you. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So I had, I was, had rent and boxes everywhere, and uh, was working, uh, working pretty long hours, and uh, and sort of not really making any money. And I, and um, so I sort of decided it was time to uh, time to come home. Home's always home as well, you know. I'd been away. I'd moved away when I was seventeen, and uh, and uh, I'd been away for sort of seven years. So. I thought it was time, and um, uh, yeah, moved back and built some stables at Mum and Dad's place, and um, and went from there. So, did you bring up? Did you bring any horses back with you? How do how does how do you get started when you come back to WA in those sort of circumstances? Do you just have to? Did, did, was there one person or or a certain or a group of people who put some faith in you, gave you a couple of horses to kick you along, Dan? What BJ's trying to basically ask is, did you just live? Um, did you just live in your father's name for a short period there? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, well, um, Ben was training. Uh, ben was training then, so um, Dad, had, uh, Ben had taken over from Dad, um, and I came back and I did. I had a couple of my own horses. I brought um, brought uh, brought that Hunter Rockstar back, but he uh, he ended up. Uh, we sent him up to Carnarvon, um, and uh, and I brought uh, another bloke back whose name I can't quite remember. Um, and, uh, but I mainly just started off doing pre-trainers. Um, I had, uh, had, um, pre-trainers for Adam and, uh, and Lindsay Smith, um, and, uh, and just a few of my own for the first probably five years that I was back yep. here. So, so, so what was the horse that, that got you going, do you think? Um, I think I had a horse called, uh, Laura Dane was probably one of the first, uh, first good ones, first stakes horses I had. Um, she ran second in a guineas, won a couple of Saturday races, ran second in a guineas, um, and a couple of other stakes races. So, um, so she was definitely a good, good kick along for me. Um, and then, I mean, mainly just, um, mainly buying, I bought a couple of horses at the sales and put my mates in it and anyone that I could pester <laughs> enough to, uh, to buy a share. Um, and that was the, uh, I mean, the, one of the first ones was, um, Testa Mezzo. Yeah. Um, that we did that with, and I paid sixty for him from the Gold Coast, and uh, and yeah, just got a bunch of mates and uh, and uh, people into him, and uh, and had success with him. Right, and there, so there was other horses around that time. Keep it quiet. Is that right? Newton Prince, um, Travenator. The- yeah, well, they were they were they were least. Oh, Travenator was one of Dad. It was early in the piece as well. Um, he um, he was one. So he's actually when I first came back and. Um, and they had two two horses that Dad had bred, and uh, and one was uh, I think one was a bear cat, um, a smaller bear cat, um, more com- compact, early running sort of type, and then there was this big sort of moose headed, bent legged um, thing that uh, Dad said, "Oh, I've got two horses." He said, "Ben's picked this one, and you can have that one." And, uh, and ben, I think Ben's one won a uh, maiden at Carnarvon, and, uh, and uh, my one ended up being Travenator. Is that right? That's great, um, and and so yeah, I mean, like, really, you had some quite quite nice horses to uh, early doors to to sort of keep your keep your name in the in the winners list, I suppose, and um, and then later, obviously, success with the likes of you know Pushing Shapes, who's still going around. He's going around on on Saturday, but he 
pretty sure he won his first start as a two-year-old. Then he had um, Magic Moon's success with um, with uh, Let It Slip um, and a, uh, a couple of others. And um, horses like Rosewood Hill, Keeper Kane, who 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 was a smart two-year-old who ended up getting sold to Southeast Asia. Um, as a, as a young trainer trying to get started, and and you, you come across some some good horses, what's what's some of the things that that need to, to go right, or, or is is it is it like a you know does it success breed success, or do you have to just keep investing in yearlings year after year and doing your best to get people involved? What are some of the things that you did well at the start to to get you where you are today? Well, I think I think you're right there with success brings success. As far as um, you've got to you've got to take. Enough of a risk to to put your name out there. Um, if I think if you in the way things are with um, with the horses now, if you sort of sit there and wait for someone to come along and uh, and give you a bunch of horses and say here here I've bought these horses, take these and train them, it's it's not really going to happen. Um, I think you need to be proactive um, as far as going to the, whether that's going to the sales and buying a horse and, and, and syndicating it and working out what your owner what your base is and at the start when I first started I didn't have a base so it was it was mainly mates and and, uh, and people you could you, you could talk into it so um, so yeah like, I mean that that was at the start there was a, an element of, of risk and, and still today you still go to the sales and buy horses and, and hope you can put people into them um, and then also those there's some of those um, horses you, you speak of, um, Keeper Quiet and uh, Newton Prince. I mean, they were lease horses that we that I went. Um, I remember the day that we uh, I went up and uh, and ended up coming back with um, with Keeper Quiet. Um, I uh, I said I can't afford to buy anything and went up to but still went up to Ron Sale up there and uh, and uh, I picked uh, I, I marked down all the ones that I liked that went through that um, passed in that I liked the look of and uh, and went up and uh, and leased her after the sale. So. Um, so I mean, there is an element of you've, you've got to got to stick your neck out a little bit and uh, and have a bit of confidence in the fact that you can you can turn them into something that's going to uh, put your name out there. So Ben and Ben and yourself obviously were training um, as separate licenses um, on your on your dad's property and then or on the family property rather. So how did the how did the training partnership with your younger brother Ben come about? Um, so when uh, so when I got uh, six months um, suspension, um, uh, all the horses went across into Ben's name, um, and from from there I uh, it was actually uh, probably one of the best six months uh, best six months of my life. I got to go uh, go touring around the world and uh, and left Ben with. Uh, Rosewood Hills, who uh, who didn't stop winning the whole time I was away, so <laughs> they, uh, it was a, a a good good six months. And uh, and in, in all seriousness, I mean, coming coming back and uh, and forming the partnership has has made training uh, uh, a lot easier. Um, and I mean, as far as you can see, a lot of uh, trainers are going into partnership now. And I mean, I, I think the the workload um, spread across two people is a, is a lot more of a realistic scenario um just as a trainer now you've got to be pulled in so many uh, different directions so uh, i think being able to spread that um between two uh, two people is um is very beneficial and uh, and then plus you know ben's got three kids and uh, and we've got one on the way so um so yeah you've got to remember you're not just a, you're not just a horse trainer as people tend to expect you just to be their horse trainer but you've also uh, Got um got partners and families and uh, and everything and there's two two sides to it. 
Yeah, precisely. Go, uh, Terry. Sorry. Sorry, BJ. How do you uh, how do you and Ben get along? Are there any little tiffs, any little uh, any little blues behind the scene there, or is it all uh, is it all roses? No, I mean it's all pretty good as far as um, Ben's out riding all morning. So I mean, if we were if we were in the the way we manage it is I do I manage the ground um, and I do the saddling. I mean, I'll jump on a uh, I've uh, not quite as uh, light as I used to be when I was in my back in my eventing days, or the beard got the better of me. But um, but I still jump on every now and then. But um, as a rule, I uh, I spend the morning in the shed on the ground, and um, um, and uh, then Ben's out all morning riding. So uh, so we're not sort of on top of each other in the shed all morning. Um, and I think then that 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 was probably the one thing I had missing when. I was training by myself. Is as far as even though I could ride some of the slow work, the gallops and whatnot, we couldn't. I couldn't do myself, and um, and not training on course. Um, we send them out in the bush, and you're kind of very reliant on your riders um, and knowing that they're being worked properly and by someone that can give you good feedback on how they're going. And um, you know, I tend to leave the leave the the horses and who who rides what and um, and how what gear they have on and things like that is all up to Ben um, and uh, and then that leaves me free to, to sort of check horses as they come up and legs and soundness and um, and things like that so that we you know we're not working any you know, anything that shouldn't be working or we're on top of any soundness issues and things. The horses, the horses are probably the uh, the horses are probably the uh, the happiest from that uh, relationship with you not doing work anymore, aren't they? Well, I do. Every now and then, I'll get on one and ride it. And I reckon, I reckon they appreciate. If you go, if they carry them me, and then they go to the races, and then uh, then you let the jockey up. I think they think they're loose. So, uh, so there, yeah, hundred percent. Certainly feel a bit lighter on their feet when they get to the races. That's for sure. So, do you miss the ri- not riding, Dan? After it was such a huge part of your life for for so long. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do enjoy, and I do enjoy having my few that I ride um, at the stables. You know, we'll have a little period where, if we're short of riders or, or whatever, I'll, I might end up jumping on two or three a morning, and uh, um, and I do enjoy it. Um, but um, but yeah, like I say, there's a you know my my role in the business is more uh, um, on the ground and making sure everything's running. So I I do want to. Uh, Starting to bend, I do do want to make sure I keep riding here and there because before you know it, you don't ride for three months, you don't ride for six months, and then all of a sudden you just don't ride anymore. And like I say, from someone that was riding riding twenty five, thirty horses a day at one stage, it's a uh, something that you don't want to lose. Mm. So it sounds like you guys complement each other quite well. Do you have similar? And obviously, you got similar training philosophies um what about when it comes to other sides of the business like yearling sale time um are you you a combined effort or is that ben's role is that your role how how do you how do you divide up the responsibility when it comes to stocking your stable um oh we do we sort of do do it together um and we get dad involved as well dad's been looking at horses for a long time and he's got a got a good history of um of, of finding nice horses so we tend to try and do it as a bit of a team um and uh i mean some of the um the traveling away sales i would say i went to the gold coast this year um it's a bit easier for me to get away for a week um so um so yeah i mean i i really enjoy um the yearling sale time and uh and looking at horses it's something that i i do enjoy and i enjoy marking notes down and I enjoy going back through notes and seeing what we thought about horses two years ago you know when you see something pop up 
I, uh, I always go through my book and I'm looking at pedigrees and trying to work out oh, where they where so and so got that one from or why we didn't buy that one or or whatever. So um, it is it is something that I uh, enjoy doing. I had the pleasure of uh, joining the uh, your table for a short period for this uh, for the sales on the on the Monday. Uh, you guys uh, were pretty happy with your haul. Yeah, yeah, we're happy and um, and we spread. We we try and spread it across. Uh, um, you know, you don't want to buy buy a dozen at the lower end of the sale, and then someone comes along that likes buying at the higher end. We tend to we don't want to buy just printers, just two year olds. Um, we want to spread it across the whole range of horses. Um, the higher end horses, we try and make sure that we've got people to go into them. You know, you, you don't want to be specking horses at 140, 150,000. If you've, if you've got on, just on the hope that you'll find someone, you know, I try and make sure that those are pretty well wrapped up before we, uh, before we start bidding on them. Um, and then we, uh, and then we'll spec a range of horses in the, in the lower brackets. Um, and I think at the moment with your West, well, there's been reduced, but with your West B Platinum, um, racing horses in WA, if you can buy your West B Platinum horses, and uh, they're, uh, they're certainly uh, good bonuses on offer. So, have you got any yearlings available at the moment, Dan? Like, or have you, or you, uh, for the ones that you've picked up in the uh, twenty twenty yearling sale season, uh, are you full up, or you, you're still you're still looking for for clients? Where, where's your stable at at the moment? Um, we've still got a few there. Um, I mean, we um, if anyone gets onto the uh, onto the Pierce Racing website, um, we've got the range in in the horses available. We uh, we have sold quite a few of them. Um, but um, but yeah, we do still have shares available. So um, if anyone gets on the on the horses available there, and uh, uh, we've got we've got the pretty good website with the uh, owner uh, all the owner updates and everything that uh, that Michael Heaton's in charge of. So um, so he does a really good job there, making sure that everyone gets up to speed and uh, and knows what's going on with all their videos and photos and everything. So. Um, so yeah, so every, everything's on there, and uh, and yeah, we do pride ourselves on our, our owner update and uh, and uh, keeping everyone in the loop. So how many horses do you guys have in work, and and how many horses do you have on your books at the moment, and what's the preferred range? Do you want to get bigger? Do you want to get smaller, or are you just happy with your lot at the moment, Dan? Um, I think we're at a pretty good number at the moment. We work around about the fifty-five. Um, Mark um, and we we do a lot of our own. Well, we do all of our own babies pre-training. We don't send any of them out, so um, so it's a, it's a good number to have coming through. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're all racing. So we've probably we've got a fifty-fifty um, split between horses that are uh, babies coming through and uh, and older horses that are in there still working. Um, so um, so yeah, look, like I say, it's a good good number to have and um, and. With, um, there's a few mouths to feed there, so we need to uh, need to keep enough horses coming through. I will uh, just uh, say on that previous point about the uh, the owner updates. I, I pick on you a bit, but uh, one of the uh, I've got a lot of first time owners that I've sort of uh, got involved with the with the PS yard, and I've I've got a, a few horses around the traps. The updates and what we get from from Michael Heaton is second to none, and it really does make the ownership experience uh, that much more enjoyable. Sort of being a part of the journey with your horse throughout. So um, yeah, highly recommend if you are looking uh, if you are a first time owner looking to get into the game to to definitely. Uh, uh, consider uh, Pierce Racing. Owners like Terrier are pretty easy to have. Is if you uh, he buys a horse with it and it wins a Caracatta at its third race start. So uh, yeah, if he wasn't happy, <laughs> you'd be asking a few questions. <laughs> it's it's an easy game. <laughs> so the you boys have you've had a 
considerable success really like for two you know relatively young young trainers i know you've been in the game for a hell of a long time but just going through some of your your, your good horses that you've you've had and that you, you still have at the moment horses like vital silver who um who i believe is, is in melbourne at the moment hope, hope, hoping to get back to perth and obviously caracata plate with dig deep angelic ruler uh who we'll be touching on shortly don't fast essential spice agent pippa um list list goes on um one horse in particular that we have spoken about um uh on previous episodes of the one one is is money maher um he was obviously an outstanding two and and three-year-old and has had his issues uh, over the last 12 to 18 months uh can you give the listeners an update on on money maher how's he going and and what are some of the troubles that, that he's faced along the journey yeah, so he um, he's obviously had that fantastic preparation, and um, and uh, then he went across to Adelaide and uh, and ran in the uh, South Australian Derby, and he drew the far outside gate, went back to last, and rattled through them, and uh, and run seventh, which was a, was a huge, fantastic though. run. But unfortunately, did his uh, suspensory um, quite badly um, in the run. Um, so we got him back to Perth, and we did the full rehab and uh, and got him back and uh, and he won his first uh, first up run um, back and we were really really happy with him and uh, and thought we were uh, away again and uh, and then second up he uh, he did the other one um, so um, so yeah he's been a uh, he's been a bit of a problem but he's he's back now and he's in good order um, he's been in work about six weeks um, just building him up really slowly he's still only doing slow work. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, the, the, the original suspensory he did is perfect and has been perfect right through his, uh, his two runs he had back. So, um, so we're hoping, um, we're hoping that this suspensory looks good now. So, um, so look, he's done, done both of them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, really, there's no reason with the right rehab and everything that, uh, no reason you should make a full recovery. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, can race on. All right. So, Cliffs of Comfort's been quite the success story in recent uh, in recent months. Now he has a bit of a backstory as well. Would you like to um, let everyone know about the history of Cliffs of Comfort, who I believe you picked up uh, as a weanling uh, a few years ago? Yeah, so we bought him at the Perth Winter Sale as a weanling, um, and got him home and thought that we might try and be clever and uh, put him through the uh, yearling sale and try and make a quick uh, quick return, which uh, when he was knocked down to, he was knocked down to slow buzzstock for 80 or 90,000. Um, we uh, we thought we had and we were all high-fived and bought a round of beers and, uh, and thought we'd made a quick, uh, made a quick little uh, return on our, uh, on our investment. And um, that was pretty short-lived when the phone rung and, uh, and we got told he failed the scope. So, um, so we ended up uh, ended up taking him home and uh, and we broke him in and he uh, couldn't uh, he was making a terrible noise when he was breathing so we ended up doing the uh, doing a throat surgery on him um, and, uh, and got him back and he was up and going going really well um, and we took him over to the trials and um, and he uh, yeah got to the point of the corner and uh, she pulled him up and uh, and he had um, broken a uh, pelvis. So, um, so yeah, it wasn't. It was looking pretty grim for him for a, a while. Um, but uh, yeah, sort of had advice to uh, to put him down um, and made like 
100% due to uh, Russell Clark um, and the other half of him, and he uh, he wasn't having a bar of it, so he uh, he took him home and uh, and looked after him, and uh, and he made a full recovery. He looks a super exciting three-year-old. Have you have you always held high hopes for Cliffs of Comfort, or is it, is everything that he's done so far been a bit of a surprise? Because the way he's been winning and the horses he's been he's been defeating, like yeah, he looks like he uh, he could be the real deal. This horse. Yeah, well, look, we we sort of uh, our hope was taken away really uh, along the way. So when he uh, when he had his throat surgery and then uh, and then he had his other injury, we uh, we sort of had, uh, had uh, all our, all our high hopes we had had been crunched back down again. So it was really until we got him got into the races that we did start that we started going on. Oh, you know, this might be uh, might be a real, the real deal. So um, so yeah, we'd sort of been been kicked down a few times so uh, so yeah it took a little while for our confidence to come back up uh so uh looking at the racing coming up in the short term dan we've got uh angelic ruler uh in on thursday in the marjorie charleston which looks a bit of a head-to-head battle with flirtini and then um looking a week ahead we have chiclet who will probably run as an outsider but um watch me uh not watch me dan sorry i'm a single man run as an outsider in the caricata as did dig deep a year ago for those who haven't uh, heard me mention him 37 times already um how are they both tracking, and uh, do you give them uh, good chances in their respective races? Yeah, well, Ange- Angelic Rulers had a faultless preparation. We had we had some foot issues with her uh, on both of the Melbourne trips, um, so I think having a at home in the sand uh, has definitely been beneficial for her. Um, so she's um, her trial was fantastic down at Bunbury. Um, uh, ben reckons um, you know just riding her reckons she's um, she's in for the best prep she's uh, she's had, so um, so we're really keen to get her back to the races and, uh, and see what she's got. Can you comment on the the jockeys for tomorrow, Dan? Is there any so so William Pike's riding Angelic Ruler um, and regular rider Joe as a party is Joey as a party's riding Flirtini. Was uh, was that Joe's choice or a stable choice? How did how did that unfold? Yeah, Joey was offered the ride, um, so he's chosen to go Flirtini's way. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, look, he said it was a, a borderline call. So um, so yeah, look, I I think it's not always um, you know it's not always the, necessarily the jockeys are pulled in different directions. So you know it's not not always as simple as he got off and got on what he thinks is the better horse. So um, so yeah, look, we'll we'll see. And uh, we certainly uh, everyone's had a jockey get off a horse before and uh, and they make the wrong call. So uh, I'm hoping uh, hoping tomorrow's the day. Oh, I remember a uh, little while ago, just before the uh, awards night, where uh, Dig Deep was famously snubbed in favour in favour of Tim Snip, but we don't need to go there uh, today. But uh, it was actually when uh, Glasgow Girl was racing against Essential Spice from memory, and uh, and Pikey uh, stuck with Glasgow Girl. Chris Parner went on Essential Spice, and she won by about uh, four, I think. So that's a, a great example of a situation where. Uh, where uh, the jockey isn't always in the right with their decision. Yeah, well, that's it. And the jockeys, are, you know, the jockeys can be pulled for different reasons: the owners, owners' influence, or uh, trainers' influence, or uh, you know, it's not it's a puncher will look at it and go, "Oh, Joey's got off uh, Angelic Ruler for Flirtini," but you know, sometimes it's not as black and white as that. Yeah, exactly right. There's a bit more to it. Uh, you can read a little bit deeper into it and I think, uh, yeah, I think a few will be. So I, I don't think there'll be any shortage of support for Angelic Ruler and I'm expecting her to start a, uh, a very, very, very warm favourite, maybe even 
very close to the even money mark on um, on uh, on uh, well tomorrow Friday. So yeah, I think she'll be uh, very hard to beat. So before we go to Terry's uh, famous uh, 10 with Terry, um, Dan, you, just quickly for the listeners, you've got Angelic Ruler in tomorrow on um, on the Good Friday meeting race. I see Racy Ava has come out, but then moving on to Saturday, you've got two-year-old uh, Bubba Ritzo. He wasn't a bad run the other day, actually. And Push and Shapes, the old boy, he's going around in the, the mile 78 plus. And then you've got one runner, Miami Moon, in, in a maiden at Bunbury on uh, on Monday, Easter Monday. So can you give any of the other runners a bit of a push at all for the listeners? Um, I think you'll see a big improvement from Barbarusa. Um, she was a good run first up uh, from a bit of a tricky gate. It was very green. Um, so she's going to jump from barrier one. He nearly fell off out the gates as well. Yeah, yeah. So she come out, uh, come out sideways and, uh, mm-hmm. and he, uh, he nearly went over the handlebars. Yeah, he had to reach that, down yeah. and uh, readjust his stirrup. And, um, so, yeah, so he had... He had a uh, um, a pretty rough ride, so um, from barrier one, going to be a huge help for her, and uh, and right down to the weight, the fifty uh, two and a half kilos she'll carry. Um, so I think you're going to see a big improvement from her. Um, um, uh, but there's a couple in there with uh, with some pretty good form as well. So, um, but yeah, we'll, um, look to see her uh, improve sharply. And what about old pushing shapes? Is he just about ready to find some form, or is he still a run or two short? Well, I mean, look, he's he's getting on now. Um, his um, his last two runs. I mean, I think his last run was better than his first run, but geez, he needs to uh, he needs to find some form. Um, I'm, you know, I, I know where uh, he's he's one of my favourite horses, and he uh, you know he won his first race as a two year old. He won won a cup race on our wedding day. Um, <laughs> he won our first race in uh, in Melbourne for us. So he's um, He's one of my favourite horses, and uh, and I'm I'm aware that the time's going to come where we're going to have to call it. But um, but he's just so well and so sound, and and looks a million dollars. So we're just going to uh, try a couple of different. Uh, you know, we're going to run him in this uh, this race up in the weights down in grade uh, here, and see if we can get uh, get some improvement and just just play around with a few things and see if we can uh, get him back into some form. But it's uh, yeah, it's just hard to. Hard to call it a day with him when he's uh, when he's just looking. He's literally as sound as he's uh, been in years. So I just uh, yeah, I'm just struggling to come to terms with the uh, the calling it a day on him. I remember watching uh, the interview with you after he won that uh, unexpectedly with Dee Oliver in the saddle over in uh, over in um, in Melbourne, and um, you were doing the podium. And you could tell you weren't expecting to do a post race interview. You uh, you apologised to the owners, or you said uh, probably not here, probably next start. So uh, he has a horse that's uh, he has surprised in the past. So uh, hopefully, for your sake, he can again on uh, on Saturday. Well, I think he I think he can run a really solid last six hundred off a slow speed. Um, is his um, is his sort of go-to, and um, and that's what in that Caulfield race they walked and then really sprinted, uh, and he can he can for about six hundred really rattle off a, a good sectional, um, and those couple of races where they've just gone out wrinkly and a couple of those horses have let them out at a really strong tempo, and then turned the race on from the sort of thousand eight hundred, it just really hasn't suited him, and he just hasn't been able to. He's, I feel like he's been a run behind or all, all prep, and then the uh, and then the fact that these races have been run 
that don't suit him um, is uh, is really exposing him. On on paper, it looks like the uh, his uh, race on Saturday might be something similar. Unfortunately, as well with uh, the likes of Corporate Larrikin and Patristic around, so um, yeah, he might might be one to uh, to watch for the punters. We might be able to steal him at a price sometime in the next uh, the next few starts. He's got to have one more win on him, I reckon. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. But um, but yeah, look, like I say, he's, uh, unfortunately in in his rate here, and that showed with his rate yeah. wise when he when he went across to Melbourne, he dropped down onto the minimum. And uh, and he won, whereas he's been running just in behind them with uh, with with equal. He's running a couple of those weight for age races with equal weights, and uh, and then he's been up in the weight. So um, so yeah, it's just uh, just struggling to find uh, find where he's at at the moment. Yeah, it's a tricky little spot. That sort of uh, that high eighties, low nineties sort of rating when the horse probably isn't up to the the top top liners. It's uh, it's a tricky little spot to be in uh, in regards to placement. All right, so it's. It's time for uh, uh, for Dan and Terry to go one-on-one with the one-one. So I'll throw over to the Perth Racing Guru, Terry Layton. Here we go. All right, Dan. Very quick answers here. Let's uh, let's knock through this so you can go and uh, can go and have some lunch. I reckon you might be getting a bit hungry, like uh, like I am actually. All right, here we go. Ten. Well, it's actually only nine questions because uh, we've already discussed one of them, so I've uh, I've exited one. So it's the uh, the the. Nine with Terry, not the ten with Terry today. Okay, uh, excluding <laughs> Vital Silver, uh, which horse in your stable is the most likely to be your first Group One winner? Uh, Angelic Ruler. Uh, who's the most talented horse you've ever trained? Testamezzo. Yeah. Uh, who's the toughest horse you've ever trained? Ooh, Travenator. Okay, I thought you were going to say Superior Smile just on his uh, recent efforts. Uh, if Ben and yourself didn't go into a partnership and you continue to train individually, who would have had the better career? Oh, that's a very controversial one. Yeah, I might leave that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, besides yourself um, and Ben, and then previously Big Cole, obviously, uh, in your mind, who is the number one trainer in West Australia? Uh, who's the number one trainer? Adam Durant. I thought you might say. Uh, how do you feel about pineapple on your steak sandwich? On your steak sandwich? No, no mm. way. Mm, okay, lucky, lucky, lucky. This is a remote uh, podcast, and otherwise you would have been subject to one. Uh, <laughs> you can steal one horse to train from any other yard in Perth. Which one would it be? Ooh, currently. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's a good question. I'm not doing real well on the quick questions, am I? <laughs> That's a tough one. There's a few goodies rolling around. So, something in Cerise and White, probably. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, uh, I definitely think uh, it would have been delicacy if it was any time. But, uh, but yeah, currently, um, Superstorm. Superstorm. Yeah, that's uh, that'll be a popular one at the moment. Uh, two to go. After Dig Deep's famous Caracatta victory, uh, you had to roll out to Pinjarra or Bunbury, wherever they were racing uh, the next day. So you kept uh, celebrations to a minimum. Um, I hear it was slightly different for Ben. Uh, what time did Ben Conor McGregor Pierce uh, finish up that evening? Yeah, I'm not sure. That'd depend whether you were talking to. Okay, if he remembers when he finished up, I guess. Or whether he uh, whether he's telling. Uh, whether he's telling his missus or he's telling us, I guess. <laughs> and finally, Dan, if you weren't a horse trainer, what would you have been? Uh, I don't know. I always say that I'd, uh, I'd uh, be a lawnmower man. It'd be quite rewarding. Yeah, right. I didn't pick that one. 
<laughs> oh, thank you for joining. Me. Yeah, that's, yeah. About my, uh, that's about my skill set. So if it <laughs> doesn't work out, that's about uh, that's about all I got going for. Oh, me. Well, l- luckily the way luckily the way you're going with the horse training, I don't think we're going to have to worry about the uh, the final question there, mate. Nothing, nothing better than mowing the lawn and turning around and looking back and going, "How good does that look?" <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, I think that I think that's a brilliant way to end this interview, VJ. Yeah, that's outstanding. And Dan, you you, you mentioned uh, that um, your uh, that Danelle, your your wife, is is expecting. So congratulations, you're going to be a father. How, uh, when when when's that? Uh, when when are you guys due? End of July, which is so so yeah, a little bit of a uh, a mission to get there. We did uh, went through the IVF and uh, and whatnot. So um, so yeah, we're uh, really happy and uh, and excited. So yeah, end end of July, the uh, day. Oh, wonderful! Very, very exciting stuff. Congratulations! I've been able to watch everyone, uh, watch everyone else go through it. So, um, so I've, uh, I've been hopefully I've, uh, I've seen uh, where everyone else has gone right and wrong, and uh, and I'll have, uh, have some idea. I've sort of done my time being Uncle Dan. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, my turn now. Congratulations, mate. In other words, you should go. You should go. You should go well first up, then. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, plenty of plenty of barrier trials. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so should have, should have some idea anyway. Well, uh, well, thanks for thanks for joining us uh, on the one one, Dan, and uh, and good luck uh, to your runners, in particular uh, Angelic Ruler this weekend, uh, this tomorrow now on the uh, in the Marjorie Charleston and um, and uh, and to Chicklet uh, in the uh, in the Sires on Saturday week. But uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thanks, Dan. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. All right, well, once again, big thanks to Dan Pierce, our first virtual interviewee. Terry had a few little gremlins in, this, in, our, in our system, but we're all just learning on the job here at the 1-1, one, one, and, and I'm sure it'll, it'll turn out really well. So big, big thanks to, to Dan, and, uh, and good luck to, to his runners over the weekend. And, of course, not forgetting, as we spoke about at the beginning of the episode, the, the People's Horse, Dig Deep, will be in action soon, Terry. More importantly, what's what's wrong with all these people that don't like pineapple on their steak sandwiches? I just don't understand it. Yeah, well, maybe they haven't even they haven't been exposed to it just yet, Terry. Yeah, so that's a maybe, good point. You got to uh, you got to you got to try something before you can knock it, don't you? Yeah, maybe they haven't ex- quite experienced mm. um, the pineapple on the uh, steak sandwich situation. So um, next time, uh, hopefully, we're all able to to see each other uh, later on this year at some stage. So maybe we can get Dan back in and he can sample some of your goods, Terry. Yeah, I miss shaking hands with people. Actually, now you mention it, BJ. It's just it's a simple, uh, it's, it's something we take for granted. Just shaking hands. You know, how you doing? How are you? It's good to see you. So. That's right. Anyway, let's move on. What are, what are we going to do first, BJ? We're going to have a quick look at uh, the Friday card. We will. Before we do so, have to sponsors. quickly quickly thank our our fantastic sponsors who have been with us from day one. The Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meets. The Mundaring Hotel has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. As we've spoken about the last two episodes of The One One, the Mundaring is closed to the public, but they are offering takeaway and delivery food and beverage options for their customers. Um, actually, I actually went up to the Mundaring. It was my birthday yesterday, Terry, so we got some takeaway oh, from the Mundaring Hotel last night. Um, I, I did know that, and I feel very bad that I didn't say happy birthday and make a big deal about it on air, but most people like to hide the fact they're turning 58, <laughs> though, don't they, Beige? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think thirty nine. He's only thirty nine. I better, uh, I better say. Yeah, nineteen eighty one model. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it was lovely to uh, to go for a drive up into the heart of the hills and um, just caught a glimpse of Ian Butchie O'Connor, the publican, and uh, said good day to him. So just uh, just get get if you if you live up that way, get behind the Mundaring in these tough times and let him know you're a one one listener when you ring up to lodge your uh, takeaway or delivery order. Also, Market City Meats they are the largest retail retail butcher shop in Perth located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, he's the man. He runs the show there at the at Market City Meats. Drop in and say good day. Timmy will look after you for sure. Uh, Market City Meats sponsor our very popular, very popular Get Out Stakes competition. Mm. Congratulations to last week's winner, Tom Wolf. Now, Tom is the nephew of trainer Steve. He was nearest the pin with SJ Wolf Racing's pinup boy, Red Can Man. He uh, he got the job done in last week's edition of the Get Out Stakes. So congratulations to Tom. Make sure you enjoy those uh, ever so succulent uh, beef uh, sirloins from Market City Meats, Terry. Do you think Tommy might wolf them down, BJ? <laughs> Big shit. Big chance, big chance. So, um, did you see that the, the winner of the uh, where was it the big race in Sydney last week eats eats pizza? Did you see that? No, I didn't. Eats pizza and, and drinks beers. The horse. So um, that was an interesting development. So I don't know. It's probably illegal, isn't it? I'm not sure, but the trainer was very forthcoming in uh, letting yeah, everyone know about how uh, that particular. I think it was the Doncaster winner. How how that horse celebrates um, after a big race win. So, but anyway, congratulations to Tommy Wolf and um, last week's Get Out Stakes competition. We'll run through the finer details of this week's Get Out Stakes competition before we preview race ten. On Saturday. Finally, if you want to read our previews, go to the Betfair Hub for Terry's in-depth analysis and betting strategies. My pre-markets preview, the, the leg up is available on bestbets.com.au and also on the Ausrace website. But there is uh, a further addition to uh, the services that you are providing to Betfair these days, Terry. Would you like to let the listeners know what's going on? Yeah, well, it's not just uh, me as much, but in these uh, in these times with less sport uh, and less market sort of uh, being available, Betfair are looking to uh, basically um, expand and uh, just create markets that uh, more people are interested in having a punt in. Uh, they're doing a lot of varying head-to-head markets, which we've provided for both Ascot uh, and Kalgoorlie um, on Friday and Saturday. No Kalgoorlie Saturday, just on the Friday. Uh, but we're also doing Jockey Challenge markets, um, and I'll be doing a little blurb sort of discussing the main hopes, uh, positives, negatives, and there'll be a, a suggested um, investment pending price going up uh, on the morning there as well. So um, jump onto Betfair, have a look at the new markets they've got, and um, they're always giving us something to have a bet on BJ all right we might we might push uh, a bit of the uh, the new new markets and then the new material on our Twitter uh, Twitter page Terry um, mm-hmm. at the one one pod so everyone tune in we'll we'll uh, we'll lead you towards some of the new offerings from um, the Betfair exchange and some of the new products that are available during uh, during this time so tune in to uh, to us and uh, our Twitter account and you can um, be kept up to date on all things Betfair and uh, I've also um, sorry to interrupt you I've also uh, requested I think we're going to have a well without Tuscan Queen Market who's obviously going to be very short so that's something maybe when we get to the derby we can discuss a a likely uh, second place getter Um, so keep an eye out for a uh, without Tuscan Queen Market uh, on uh, Betfair on Saturday as well Okay, a favourite out market good stuff favourite out yeah so we um, we we did 
chat to to Dan Pierce extensively about Angelic Ruler. She's back in WA after a couple of uh, vict- quite successful Victorian preparations. Uh, she races first up in tomorrow's Marjorie Charleston. Before we start our Saturday preview, Terry, we'll just have a quick mention of uh, the Good Friday card at Ascot tomorrow, and obviously highlighted by the clash between the. Uh, Rather outstanding mares, Flirtini, Angelic Ruler, and really Flower of War and Ms. Leckie are both stakes-winning bloody good mares as well. So it's not, it's a pretty good pretty good race, the Marjorie Charleston tomorrow. Yeah, it's a cracker barrel, isn't it? Mm. Should should be a uh, it should be a head-to-head at the set weights and penalties. There are two horses which are. Um uh, stand out head and shoulders above the rest, BJ. But uh, for me, it's Angelic Ruler, Pike from the gate. That is enough for me. You can tell in the way Dan's speaking and, uh, and the interviews I've heard with Ben. They've really got uh, they got her humming. So Angelic Ruler, I took some 290 this morning. I wouldn't be playing unless I'm getting at least 260. Um, but for me, Angelic Ruler. But yeah, yeah. A great race. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Angelic Ruler will settle uh, ahead of Flirtini. And I think she's got the uh, okay. she's got the closing speed to, to to fend off Flirtini, who um, who's quite an exceptional race mare in her in her own right. So it'll be interesting to to see how that how that race pans out. I mean, um, mm-hmm. there's there's a big class there. Uh, but for our listeners, is is are you? Have you got anything else that you can uh, you can steer um, yeah. steer, steer Look, our, you, our our listeners into tomorrow? You'd be surprised to know that I've um, I've done the form extensively this week. I think I'm the only person. I was saying this to you the other day, and you're probably in the same boat. I'm the only person that's become busier during the uh, apart from the frontline workers obviously that's become busier uh during this period so there's been a fair bit happening but we've uh, we've extensively done the form not overly excited about either card to be honest bj mm-hmm. but very quickly run you through a few uh i think so war should be winning the third uh finds a very weak race should settle midfield blinkers go on um it's just been getting a long way out of its ground and absolutely belting the line so that looks a very winnable race um if mercy prevails gets to six bucks late five six bucks late i'll be um making sure i don't lose i agree with that um yep. there uh, Miss Mandy in the fifth has been absolutely bolting all prep. I think we'll get a better price late. Let's see something near 10 bucks, but I want to have something small on. And my best for the day, Bernard, is uh, diamonds for all in the um, in the eighth. So I'm uh, very dirty that Beret has been scratched because I reckon <laughs> Beret would have gone up 230, 240 type thing and um, probably doubled our price. And I don't think Beret could have beaten diamonds for all, to be honest with you. So um, very keen diamonds for all. If you're only having one bet for the day, that would be me. Um, on top of that, a few maddies. Lalo in the fourth, which mm. I don't think you mind either, Beach. Yeah, we're in, we're in alignment um, mm. basically across the board there, Terry. So I'm keen on So Why. I just think that looks looks his race blinkers on. Hopefully he can he can hold a spot uh, for Sean McGrady. And uh, and um, I, I agree with you. Also, Mercy prevails is the is the is the could be the thorn there. But um, yeah, I, I landed on Lalo as well. Um, could uh, could bob up at uh, at a price not quite Maddie material, but um, but healthy each way odds all the same. And the other horse who I thought its debut was really encouraging was Outlaw King, da- uh, full brother to Dainty Tess. Finished behind last of the line on debut. He might be able to break through in um, in race two, the fourteen hundred meter maiden. An update to that race. I don't know if you've seen Beach Miss Margot scratched. Oh, well, there you um, go. So Ginger Fly should now get a pretty soft on top. So I reckon the winner comes from one of those pair. I'll be going. I always like a soft run out on top. So I'll be probably heading the Ginger Fly away. But um, it's a bit of a, a coin flip. You'd think between those two. Makes sense um, now for sure. Yep. 
and that's it. Quick look at Friday. Oh, Blitz! I want to have something on. Blitz. I've marked Blitz Glory a favourite. I know that uh, it failed horribly two starts back at um, Pinjarra or Bunbury, wherever it raced. But um, the blinkers went on that day. If you if you look at its two runs either side for new trainer, uh, they've been really impressive. And last start went to um, Geraldton in a seventy plus as a class one runner mm-hmm. and ran second to Strong Heart, beating home the likes of Every Mile of Memory. Uh, I think that was the same race as Proxy Defiantly, who won yesterday. Um, I think that that form is far better than the Class Three staying form at Ascot. So Blitz Glory at fifteen to one. Um, I haven't actually tipped it online, but um, that's probably the the horse that's come up the biggest overs for me um, across the card. But the way I've viewed that might be um, a little bit uh, off kilter as well. So I wouldn't be having a huge amount on, but at fifteen to one, uh, definitely a bet. But diamonds for all, BJ. Okay. Best of Friday. Before we leave Friday, everyone yes. will want to know, are you oh, having something know. on Star Glitter in the last on Good Friday? I don't know. I've already had uh, I've already had a friend who messaged me earlier and telling me they've uh, they've had something on, but uh, no, I've had enough star glitter, so I've just <laughs> I've, I'm sick and tired of star glitter. So last start he showed enough in the last 100 to consider him again, but those old legs deep in a campaign, 30 days between runs. No, I, if he wins, I'll be I reckon I'll be pretty dirty, but um, I, I won't be on him this week, uh, BJ, unless he gets out to fifty dollars plus late on the exchange. Okay, all right, so. That is uh, that is time on our quick uh, quick glimpse at the Ascot Good Friday card. We're going to now do the deep dive on the Easter Saturday program, Terry. Uh, we always I always like to throw to you to give the listeners a um, uh, just a bit of an idea on how you think the track's going to play, the rail position, and the the weather. It's going to be pretty hot, uh, I believe. But um, yeah, what 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 are you expecting Ascot to produce on Saturday? Uh, rail at six metres, light westerlies forecast for the day. I'm pretty sure the first uh, the first race is at 11.23am, so the um, the wind swings uh, from sort of an easterly to a westerly at around about midday. Um, I don't think we, we'll overthink that too much. Um, but I think we just allow for a nice fair track. They played at the four metre position last week um, with easterlies in play, which you would have thought would have been strong on pace. And while those on speed probably suited on a pretty fast track um, we have to look at the fact that some really nice horses like Indian Chant Media Baron um, made really good ground so mm-hmm. good horses can still make the ground don't go into the meet with any pre-dispositions uh, on uh, a pattern I'd just be allowing for maps and um, go from there alright let's let's go Terry race one uh, as you mentioned starts at 11.23am the early mm. early bounce down for the 10 race card West Speed as Richie Calendar uh, once said snap crackle and punt <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I it like very it. Good, isn't it? I yeah. like it. Uh, Tab Touch, West Speed, Platinum, Maiden, 1,000 metre dash. Um, we see the emergence of a horse, which I'm sure quite a number of people have been waiting for. Boss Snip, uh, quite well regarded, has some exceptional trial form and form lines out of that trial. She uh, makes her debut in race one and... Um, now she's opened up. Uh, she's about two. Well, she crossed a bit, bit about two sixty at the moment. You can get a touch bit of two eighty some some places. Um, she's going to be very well found. I, I imagine there will be people looking to bet around her. How did you play race one, Terry? I'm not going to be playing you, Beach. It's just this is just a race uh, full of question marks. Yes. Um, yes. Like we don't know. I, I think Captain Kink's a really nice horse, but. Um, 
like it hasn't trialed since uh, early February. Then Bosnip's been scratched a couple of times. Made Cliffs of Comfort look second rate in a trial when they met in February. So yep. uh, just for that reason alone. But I mean, Justin Warwick really is a, a dominant trainer of stayers when he when he's training sprinters. I I have some queries still. Um, I mean, on on that run should be winning if he's yep. leading, but it needs to be a good training performance, and the horse needs to be fit. So. Um, Queen of Soul, I think Simon Miller made a bit of a, a blue rushing her up to the 1,500 metres, 1,300 metres. Uh, her, her trial before that, I think you flagged it yep. as a top-notch trialer back in um, November uh, of last year. So she can run a race as well. And Stella Dawes, your proven rock hard, not rock hard, but, but fitter horse who will, who will race on the speed for an informed jockey. But um, I think it's a great race to, to sit back and watch. I, I can't have a bet here at all, no matter what happens in the market. Yeah, yeah. From a tipping point of view, I've got Boss Snip on top of Captain Kink. Like you said, I think Captain Kink's uh, got a bit of talent as well. Stella Dor has the run under its belt and just got gunned down late by uh, Schoolhouse Rock midweek. That was that was pretty pretty decent. And Pike going on. I think Queen Harvey of- Harvey got that a bit wrong as well. I think um, mid race he really slowed them up and let a horse put a bit of pressure on him, and they went below benchmark. He, he should have just let the horse roll and be comfortable under its own skin. I think it would have won that race comfortably. And yes, I did have a good crack at it that day. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh there. Is- Terry, you, you nailed it, mate. There are lots of little little question marks, so it's very hard to get too overly confident about how this particular race is going to pan out. Even just from the map, we've got Stella Door fast, Captain King's got speed, Old Bailey's got speed. Um, mm. Old Bailey should lead him up, really. Yeah, looks, looks super yeah. quick. So just depends whether Boss Snip, Boss Snip bounces and, and Lucy wants to hold the front, I suppose. But anyway, yeah, I'm with you. From a tipping point of view, I think if, if uh, it's pretty obvious if she brings her trial form to race day that Boss Snip should win. Wouldn't be surprised if she gets rolled though. And uh, yeah, I might just be joining you uh, sitting this one out, Terry. Yep, good race to watch. Okay, race two is another 1,000-meter race, this time for the two-year-olds. It's the Amelia Park Plate. Um, yeah, not a bad little race. The Dan Pierce... Hmm. Um, Gave a, a good push for uh, an approved performance from Bubba Ritzer. And- well, it doesn't need to be. One thing I wanted to say to him, but I wasn't having a great deal of luck with uh, our technical issues at the time. He yeah. doesn't need an improved performance. It was huge last massive, start. Massive. Absolutely huge. Yeah. So, um, yeah, from, from barrier one, I, I'm sure the plan will be, um, well, it's still 13 to one. I've, I've marked, um, what, what gender is the horse, BJ? It's a filly. Yeah, yeah. I've marked her. Um I've marked her eight to one, so at thirteen to one, she's a little bit over my price. I do have a little bit of a statistic though, and I'm not trying to lay the boot in here, BJ. But Chris Graham hasn't rode a, a winner um, that hasn't led uh, since Bogart won at a dollar thirty in February. So um, I'm having some minor concerns hopping into Chris Graham runners that uh, are taking this thing might lead moment. though. This thing might lead. Did you see it's it's bubbly oh, trial? It bounced from gate yeah. one and led them up. Tell you what, if 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 it leads, you'd you'd want to be on um you'd want to be on every day of the week. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be people are going to be going. Well, our boy Dylan was huge behind. I'm a single man who came out and won the Karakata. I yep, uh, yep. came out then and smashed him last week. That all makes sense. That the one query on our boy Dylan for me is that um a two year olds are very fickle creatures. Um, they're a bit like me in, in a horse sense. Um, and then the second question is Neville Parker isn't the biggest stable in the world. He wouldn't have. I uh, wouldn't have had to deal with too many two-year-olds over over his journey um, that he's got under his care and solely his care. So um, whether he can produce that same peak performance uh, has to be 
uh, a minor question mark. So are, you, are you talking about me, like deep, deep into the preparation? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, now Boy Dylan's had two or three trials and yep. probably three runs since. So I think it's probably its sixth uh, appearance at the track. So just got to have some queries. But repeat its last ever. It should just be winning. But mm. um, Captain Burglar at eight bucks and uh, and Bubby Ritzer at 13 type thing. Very small investment on the both for me. Good, good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in a similar situation. Uh, similar spot to you in the way that I see this race. Um, obviously, um, our boy Dylan and Charlton Eddy, they had the market and deservedly so. Both last start winners, um, both race on speed, both look like they've got their share of ability. I thought Bubba Ritzer was massive uh, on debut. Chris Graham almost fell off out the gates and lost his irons. And geez, it was a, Do yourselves a favour and watch that replay. Geez, that was a good run. Um, if it mm. begins and begins well, and um, it can it can really uh, make things interesting. But I'm I was keen on Captain Burglar um, on debut. He he got back uh, from from the gate seven. That day, real the the Cerise and White two year old I forget what it was called, real charm or one of the one of those horses um, just never really uh, took him into the race. So he had to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Real grace, real grace had to do uh, some of the heavy lifting himself. And his last two hundred was his best on his trial form. He can begin uh, and maybe hold a, a bit closer running position from gate two. I'm um, on with you. I like Captain Burglar and I definitely will be having something on Bubba Ritza as well. Yeah, I like it, Beach. We're uh, I like when we're in unison. It's a, it's a happy place, the podcast, when that happens. Probably going to be in unison here as well, I would suspect, Terry. Moving well, on to race oh. three, the Furphy. Furphy handicap, 1,200 metres for the three-year-olds. Uh, like... I, I don't think I appreciated just how good Son of a God's win was ah, at Pinjarra the other day until I went back and I, I had to watch the replay two or three times just to wrap my head around just how well he went. And the figures post-race were was exceptional as well. Like this this horse is... Uh, this horse is a real talent, son of a god. Yeah, he certainly is, and he's got a cracking name as well, son of a god, mm. Gary Ablett Jr. It's a um, yeah, it's just a really good racehorse name as well. So that's probably the most important part when looking <laughs> at the form is um, deciphering if the name is has got some durability about it, and I think this one does. Speaking but, of um, speaking of names, just a little uh, yes sidebar. How's the slug going? Yeah, the slow. Have we told listeners about the slow? Yeah, we spoke the about slug. the slow. I don't, I don't know what. I think it's with Steel Casey, but we're not getting a great deal of. Um, we spoke about our communication before. We're not getting a great deal of communication, so I'm not sure how uh, our what's the slug is going. But um, when he does make the track, um, I reckon he'll be a superstar. Probably a group, probably a group winner. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what, a, what a what a great name! If he turns out to be fast, that's brilliant. So. He, he will be. I do remember a horse with David Harrison called Go the Slug. Yes, well. that was one of my that was one of my favourites back in the day, and I'm sure we'll be yelling go the slug uh, <laughs> as well if he, uh, he does make it to the track but back to this race BJ yeah. um, I've been waiting for Orfish to find a race mm. that it can draw inside and, and find the rail and run them along it it does get that here um, there will be some pressure potentially from Tredenzia or even Tommy Blue if, if jumping a little bit sharper but um yeah, unfortunately, Warfish has run into Son of a God. I've marked Son of a God a dollar sixty, dollar sixty-five type thing. It's it's even money across the board at the moment. That's your biggest bet of the day for me. It's mm. an absolute no-brainer. Um, I think this is just a bit of a, a a little bit of a gift horse at the moment um, with the way this map set up. From Barrier Six, I like to look at the five horses drawn underneath. So straight away, you've got 
Warfish will lead from one. Tommy Blue will probably sit Warfish's back from two. Tredenzi will go forward from five. Pure Dynamite from four will take a spot away from Son of a God, but the other horse drawn underneath, um, Art Admirer doesn't jump well, will go yep. back. Yep. There'll be a spot for Pike in fifth or sixth with cover. Um, he should just be able to get wide, produce, and um, I think even money, the current even money, will look pretty good by the time they jump. Okay, so toughest opposition looks like it's going to come from stable mate Tommy Blue on the quick backup. Mm. Had a couple of excuses. I mean, the winner was too good on the day, Cliffs of Comfort, but it had, did have a couple of ex- excuses and uh, there was a bit of um, bit of a shuffling and a bit of interference at the start which led to a Paul Harvey suspension out of that race and that sort of impacted Tommy Blue uh Probably cost it second, I would say, but um, but she's a she's a pretty smart filly on her day, and son of a god wouldn't want to be too far off his game. Otherwise, she can she's the horse who's, who can take advantage. The other horse I'd like to mention is Tredencia. Um, showed a bit during its first prep. Michael Lane, Chris Parnham, they're a pretty good combination. Those lads and uh, her this filly's trial at Bunbury behind Double Jeopardy on March 23 was really good. Wasn't knocked around in its latest trial. That was a bit of a pipe opener. Um, yeah, well, soft as batter, wasn't it? It was. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Tredenzia uh, run a uh, finish top three. But uh, yeah, and, and also a shout out to um, um, Mr. Mount Walker, who was a who was a nice result first up at Pinjerry. He's got a bit of ability. Mm. This doesn't quite look. Did his you notice race, how though. I didn't write? Did you notice how I didn't write back to your message after that race, BJ? When you asked me to say result, guess what horse <laughs> I was on. <laughs> I was in full sook mode. I backed drama free at 18 to 1. He's around second. And um, not that your Mr. Mount Walker deserved to win the race. But, yeah, that, that's why I didn't get around uh, your message, by the way, at the time, BJ. <laughs> so uh, I, thought I'd, I thought I'd explain that. To I you thought it was a little bit insensitive on my behalf. But the ex- excitement just uh, just took took over. Uh, yeah, but we've all, um, we've all done that. But, uh, but yeah, this this son of a god um, looks, looks yeah, pretty, pretty smart for the Simon A. Miller establishment. Pike on board. He, he's obviously uh, opted to ride and um, I, I'm with you Terry I think this this one's just one about uh, one of the best uh, the best of the day I think right so uh, you put it in and you take it out mm. and I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'll go the early crow and I'm gonna be saying I'm gonna be uh, malting it with uh, Tuscan Queen who's at $1.65 is above the price but we'll get to that later alright BJ race for the Crown Perth handicap and I tell you what um, this is uh, the, the fourth was there how many Need for Speeds were there before I uh, try and make a joke about it I don't know I know the movie's called Speed the movie's called Speed yep. isn't it Sandra Bullock yes. Keanu Reeves yeah, I really enjoyed the um, yeah really enjoyed that Really enjoyed the, uh, the the speed series. Really enjoyed Twister as well. We were discussing the movie Twister the other day. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of speed Twister's, on Twister's here. Twister's good. Um, Twister's good. BJ and I and I found this race to be an absolute uh, nightmare to do the form for. Um, interestingly, all the speeds draw mm. wide. So we've got Condor Heroes who won a recent trial by six, drawn seven. We've got the Neconium uh, drawn eight. We've got Catherine Wheel drawn nine. We have Amelia's on fire drawn ten. So I, I can't see too many of them really wanting to ease out of a speed battle, especially drawing wide. So it's going to be a really, really interesting affair up front. But the one horse that the map might really suit in that sense is the horse drawn directly outside them 
in Dia Calder. Mm. So I was pretty happy taking on Dia Calder last start and gave um, gave her a pretty big knock and she didn't have much luck in the run, but she she was really good um, and really serviceable for her first run in the best part of a year. Um, but with those four horses directly underneath her, she's while she's drawn 11, in my mind, she's really drawn seven because yeah. they're all going to spear out and be in front of her. There should be a three-wide line. She could find a spot there. Um and I, I think she, um, and I think she, she's the one that sort of picks herself because of the because of the map in this race. Um, the fact she's second up from a long spell is is a big negative for me. Um, the fact that she's three dollars twenty is that's a little bit thin, BJ. That's not going to be getting any of my money. Um, but she's the one that makes the most sense to me. But there's there's no way in the world I'm taking three dollars twenty about a back marker second up from a year off after um, from barrier eleven. So. I would doubt I'll be betting here, Bernard. Can you um, can you do any better than that? I had the same the same thought pattern as you in regards to the map. It just does look like it's set up sweetly for Pike, doesn't it? Just to be stalking, mm-hmm. come across stalking, get sucked into the race, and just zap them late. It just it's got that making. Um, dear Calder, he was he got caught uh, a bit wide and had to do. a Bit too much work mid race, don't you think? Um, the other day, oh, it didn't stop, it was huge, and really. Just got just gassed late. That was 72 plus as well. Comes back a peg to this this company, Pike Sticks. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, but I agree with you about price. Um, so I found this race very hard to price. What was, what was your favorite? Uh, dear Calder. Yeah, I had to mark it just with the amount of $3.80. Really? $3.80, price to 100%. Yeah. It was one that I notated in, uh, what did I write? Realistically, could only consider backing detail, but a lot of concerns would want the price. So yeah. for me, that means I'd, I'd want to be getting 10 or 20% over my rated price. And if I get that late, that worries me a little bit, especially if yep. the Miller money's for Amelia's on fire or, or something of that nature. So it just doesn't give me a good feel, this uh, this race, um, BJ. Yeah, well, I, I struggled to get Deer Calder even as, as short as you did. And I, I almost mm. marked Deer Calder, Condor Heroes, Catherine Wheel and uh, Amelia's on fire very similarly. Um, I'll give you 50 to 1 Condor Heroes. Uh, 50 to 1. No, nah, I won't really, but uh, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't like Condor Heroes. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily like it uh, that it's much a, it's either. It's a class one runner from Melbourne against some of our best sprinters. Like Just uh, trials, that means nothing. Mm. Mm. Some <laughs> of our best sprinters? Uh, some reasonable sprinters. Yeah. yeah. Catherine wheels and some, some up and coming really nice. Amelia's on fire. Yeah. Um, won a listed race, um, beat dig deep. That's pretty good form. Yeah. Um, last campaign. So yeah, I just with the pressure that's going to be put on as well, surely, um, how much quicker is he, how much quicker is he going to have to run than his uh, trial? He ran 58, 79. That's actually quite sharp. Yeah. Um, He'll have to run a half second quicker. Yeah, no, look, I, I just can't see a class one runner coming across from Melbourne when well, it wasn't performing in benchmark 78s in, um, yeah, yeah, at Mooney uh, Valley and Mornington and, and knocking us off, surely not. It's a hard, bit of a hard, hard sell. It might have trialed a bit too good as well, which, which can happen. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I think he'll go okay. I don't, I don't think he'll win, but I like Dear Kelder. I think he'll run last. You rec- okay, all right. I'll have a bet. The only, he might beat home, um, he might be home, South City, maybe Nawi if it's still not 100%, but he'll run second half of the field. Very confident. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I, I'm, I like Dear Kelder on top. I uh, Catherine Wheel, her her 1,000-meter form and all the form around is pretty 
pretty good and she's coming off a freshen. Stevie Parnham jumps on. Uh, she's just a, a pretty decent, solid mare, four-year-old mare, so she'll run well as always. And I I just can't get over even though it's 1,200 back to 1,000, I can't get over how good that effort of Sweet Dreaming was the other day. Three wide, no yeah, cover. Not- Moving forward, uh, got nailed late by Cryptic Love and uh, Horse of Ganjimi's, um forget it, the name escapes me at the moment. Ocean's 15. Ocean's 15. So that, this Sweet Dreaming is absolutely flying. The 1,000 the is the query. Tough race from a tipping point of view. Dear Kelder on top, I want a bit more than the best available Oh, 320 um, at the moment though. So I'm going to wait till Betfair late, I'd say, before I make up my mind what I'm going to do here, Terry. What do you what do you think about Amelia's on fire while we're here? Yeah, really nice horse, really soft trial. It's just from Barry 10. Does it lead up the three wide line? If Amelia's on fire, finds the outside lead. If, if one or two of these, don't forget, they'll all be doing their own maps and, and um, considering where they can get the run. But if Amelia's on fire, finds the outside of the lead, um, like she did in the three-year-old classic last year, she'll be nearly impossible to get past mm. um, I would suggest, but again, we, we know that Pike gets the pick of the Miller runners, so it, it would appear as though um, Pike has a lean to, um, or Miller probably has the lean to uh, to Dia Calder. So, look, from a betting point of view, I'm going to struggle to get involved. Sweet Dreaming's a, 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 just not a thousand metre runner mm. at all, but I, I can see what you're saying in regards to the fact that um, they're going to go so hard out in front that um, he's going to be the bloke just sitting in behind, but... No matter how hard they go, I, I don't think he's a, a thousand meter horse. I think he's a 12, 13, 1400 meter conveyance. So, very difficult race, mm. and um, a lot will come down to um, to luck in the run and, and how it all pans out. But I, I struggle to find a bet. But Dia Calder on top. Dia Calder on top for me also. Race number five, which has been a tough, <laughs> tough old start to the day, oh, Terry. It doesn't get much better either. Golly. So it's not, it's, this is not, I'll, we were pretty excited about last week and we, um, there isn't the same enthusiasm flowing at the moment, is there, BJ? There is not. Not, not at the moment anyway. Let's see if we can build some momentum into the, la- uh, the, the second half of this program. So it's the Penfolds Handicap. 1600 meter rating 78 brigade um terry we see uh you actually called this on last week's uh maybe two weeks ago podcast you said are waiting for um pike to go back on to mystery miss dropping into a ratings 78 plus so tick tick for what you hoped for does that still equate to you being confident of victory on saturday it does uh, equate to me being confident of victory. As I said, um, that little stat before, Chris Graham hasn't ridden a um, – he's ridden in his last three. I, I don't think he's actually handled it pretty well yeah. uh, if you watch the rise on all occasions. But I just don't know if he gets much out of the back markers and gets them um, moving fluently. And that, that's that's my biggest concern. My second biggest concern is the fact that I missed the early $3.40 for Mystery Miss and now we're talking – seriously thin prices at $2.45 for a horse that is going to get and that I mean there has to be some concerns that um while Chris is on on the surface ridden her okay there has to be some concerns that um she hasn't come back necessarily at her best so um I have got this race being a, a bit of a helter skelter affair uh, up in front mm-hmm. corporate larrikin leads patristic on uh his outside Bella's idol on the back my Greek boy might even come across and slot into a 1-1 type position, which I think will actually suit him. And he, he can improve um, with the hot speed on just getting a little stalk, um, which will leave um, Dutch Spire probably one 
one pair further back mm-hmm. and then touch of silver and mystery misses the two horses who I think will flood home late. Um, but I'm pretty keen, Mystery Miss. I, I think with Pike on, he just gets just extra out of these horses that need to be ridden cold and produced at the right time. And um, this does look her race. $2.45 now. I'm going to be waiting for Betfair. I'm going to be hoping that we get near three bucks again. I, I actually can't believe that we're not getting the 350 yeah. now. I, I thought yeah. this was one that um, might um, not creep under a few guards. But on the surface, um, her last run and her last two runs maybe look slightly disappointing just just visually yep. without looking too deep into it but um yeah very happy to forgive that the runner that's come up miles over my odds the price has been eaten up a bit now was um was dutch spy went up about 10 bucks it's now over six dollars fifty i've got dutch spy clear second favorite at um at about five to one um so I'll be looking at um, at Mystery Miss late, and I'm pretty keen. But um, yeah, I won't I won't be losing on Dutch Spy, BJ. Mm. Yeah, I think this is the race for Mystery Miss. I agree with you that pro. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised there isn't a three in front of that price as well, Terry. And at the moment, we're betting into 127, 126 percent market. So bet fair late. Hopefully, there's a bit of um, there's a bit of value creeping in. My only question to you bernard mm-hmm. is i often if you say we want a horse to drift and this is a question i ask people when they say i think we'll get better late and i say okay well, where is the other money going to come yeah and um when you line these up in order you got patristic second favorite dutch spy who i could have a bit shorter touch of silver who is getting better with every run yep. my great boy there there isn't really many big money horses here i my concern is she's going to be pretty bloody popular and we, we might not end up seeing our price yeah the only the only thing maybe is previous four races just the pattern maybe the the um the map might be against us there might be some people wanting to to take her on and maybe look at a horse like patristic um you know even dutch spy to to a certain extent who's going to probably be in a really good spot for him um but yeah I, i agree i just i just can't quite get down to the current quote for mystery miss the the horse that i think will run a really big race uh which you just touched on then was touch of silver i reckon he's just about ready to uh, to rock and roll mm-hmm. he should have finished a couple lengths closer last saturday loves the ascot mile peter hall rides him well i reckon he can give this a big shake and i think patristic is about its right price i i had patristic second favorite touch of silver third favorite um if you know patristic out in front uh, not out in front i think corporate larrikin will probably hold the lead but patristic was pretty good behind red can man that form's good i think it finished alongside pims royale and uh regal council and a couple of those other horses in that 1400 meter race last start so he can land on speed and box on i think mystery miss will win but i think i'm going to be having something on touch of silver as well tell you what i reckon i don't actually trade live in the run i know you've done it once or twice yep. recently I reckon Mystery Miss in the run would be um, will probably be a bet. Yeah, she won't look like the winner on the turn, but um, with Corporate Larrikin and Patristic and Bella's Idol and those type of my Greek boy out in front, this race will change complexion so heavily in the final 100, 150 meters. So um, for anyone quick enough and sharp enough, it's probably not me um, to bet live in the run. I'd be um, I'd be looking at having something on um, on Mystery Miss in 
the actual uh, plotting of the race. All right. So, do you give? What do you think of Touch of Silver? This not his race, almost not quite. Um, yeah. If if Mystery Miss isn't right, yep. And there is a horse finishing over the top of him, um, and it's not uh, Mystery Miss or Dutch Spites. I think Touch of Silver is very close to being um, ready for a win. Really like the last run when mm-hmm. getting held up behind Media Baron a week ago. Horse flies for Peter Hall. Plenty of top end speed, which will suit. Um, yeah, definitely winning chance. And the eight bucks, I marked him eight dollars eighty. Yeah, I was seven dollars. Um, touch of silver. Yep, yep. I've got Dutch. I've got Dutch Spy a lot shorter, and that's probably why my market looks a bit different. That I was. Um, I was ten dollars Dutch Spy. Mm, I spoke to Cripp earlier. Actually, he said he had Dutch by ten to one. So I, I actually had Dutch by just shy five. So that might be um, just the um, opinionated wanker in me coming out, Berger. No, that's all right. That's you, you make you living off your opinions, Terry. So uh, I'm sure you back yourself in um, to get things right more often than not. But yeah, look, uh, oh, that's what Mario tells us to do. He sure does. That's right. Mm. And um, yeah, it'd be good to see Mystery Miss return to some of their best form. Um, for me, price is not quite there at the moment. I'll be waiting, but I. I won't be losing if uh, Touch of Silver gets the job done for Adam Durant and uh, Peter oh, Hall. Yeah. So race six on the day is the Cool Ridge Handicap, 1,600-metre. Looks like it must be this. There must be two divisions of this 1,600-metre graduation. Yeah, they split it. Yep. They split it. Uh, so they split this race to create the 10th race of the day. Uh, I know you were super keen on Tollman the other day. Are you going to follow your money here, mate? I am going to. Um, there's two runners that I, I want to be on from a, a speed map point of view. But uh, I thought Tolman had genuine excuses last start when uh, racing without cover really wasn't the go for the day. Yep. Um, I, I, the little freshen up worries me to some degree. It, it's a month off at, at a mile. Um, I mean, it's it's a smaller yard. It's a yard that is going very well, but it is a smaller yard. So um, the month off... Um, it does worry me, but I have got Tollman mapped to sit on the back of a horse like 23 Red. Yep. Um, Cocky Dodge should lead. Skin and Tins probably lands on the back of Cocky Dodge. Um, and to be honest, I just want to look at those two horses, Skin and Tins and Tollman, who are going to land leaders back in the 1-1. This isn't a really deep race. Um, Skin and Tins goes really well for Jade, goes really well for, at the 1600, um, and is a horse that just needs that cuddled up run right behind him. Yep. It's having its eighth or ninth run this campaign, which I thought was a concern, but um, her best run last campaign was uh, was seventh up um, when finished second to Fred Dagg. So Ashley Maley is a trainer who can keep them up and going for a while. Uh, at the $6.50, Skin and Tins is well above my uh, $384 quote, um, and I've marked Tollman $350. So I think he's around that price, BJ. Yep. Just uh, have a quick update as we go, $3.60. So I would have liked a, a touch more, but... Um, I think the horse everyone's going to be talking about and will divide opinions here is uh, is King Blitz. Yes. Um, I am going to struggle. It's the best horse in this race. Um, and, I mean, it's it's probably got to get to the point where the trainer needs to consider um, – this might be a once in a lifetime horse for him, or once in a once in a ten year horse for him. But he's probably got to get to a point where he considers a change of um, a change of hoop. Peter doesn't ride all that often, and she's setting the horse a, a fair few difficult tasks uh, from barrier one. I think she'll probably end up three back the fence because he's not a bloke who really pings the no, gates. He's not, I mean, he's not jumping, you, is he? You, no, you're going to be a pretty brave uh, a brave person to be taking um, the four bucks about uh, King Blick's three back defence with 62 kilos and P. Edwards on top. So with luck, um, can definitely, definitely win the race. He's a super, super, super horse. Mm. But um, 
yeah, I'll, I'll be happily taking him on here and um, and playing both Skin and Tins and Toll Man. Yeah, well, we're uh, we're aligned. We're in unison again, Terry. I like mm. uh, either Toll Man or Skin and Tins. What about Maley and McNaught? That's uh, that's a sentence we haven't muttered for a while, Terry. It's uh, Jade is uh, is back from what was she on the sidelines for a month? Month. Uh, yeah, month suspension. So through suspension. This, looks, yep. um, this is her bread and butter type of ride as well. It is. Either it is. In front or just behind the speed, little one and a half kilo claim. And yep. um, the horse should be absolutely rock hard fit. And this is pretty weak. I mean, I think his last start was a really nice effort over the 1800 um, in a 72 plus where all the the trifecta settled. Um, leaders back. Uh, and they're basically the three horses back the fence from there. So anything that came wide, nothing really smashed the line. And, and his, her effort, sorry, was as good as any of those out wide. Um, the effort before them, on the surface, she got, she got the one. One, it took Alan Kennedy 700 metres sitting deep, yep. Um, yep. going around a turn before they found the one one. So it doesn't, you can get the one one. That doesn't give you a prize. It's, it's the work you've had to do to get there and get that spot and how much cover you've got and how much of a breather you've got in the run. She didn't get that much of a breather in the run. So um, the horse that led and then kicked, it's a pretty hard horse to catch when, when doing so. So um, I've got no issues um, no issues with that runner. I think it was a really good effort. Prior to that, she didn't stay over the 2100. And prior to that, she nearly knocked off Inspirational Girl. Yep. So yep. Um, easy bet. Easy, easy bet. If you're going purely on prices, Skinner Tins is, is way, um, is easily the best value um, uh, price for me in okay. this race. Good. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I had Tollman on top, 350, and I had uh, Skinner Tins second fave as well. There was one horse who I was oh so close no, to. No, we're not mentioning. No, we're not talking about it. Can I, can I go there? No. All right. I'm going there. Go on. So, go, uh, on. go on. I was I was so close to putting on the Terps on top. Um, I know he's. I uh, thought I actually thought you would have. <laughs> I genuinely did. I genuinely did. Um, now, but I I am genuinely stunned. He so on the Terps is one of our cult heroes in a way on the one one um terry has That's nightmares about him um uh he's he's uh he's a real character this horse he's um he gets <laughs> he gets uh he gets a few people in can you please tell me who is backing this horse eight dollars on on the uh, yeah. is uh, eight or nine dollars best available at the moment uh, he's, people probably haven't suffered the same pain I have. So you watch you watch every single one of his runs um, and you think, geez, I want to be on that horse next start. Or, geez, I want to be on that horse next start. But the problem is next start is next start every single time. It just it just doesn't end. So look, I will make a case yeah. that the one thing in his favour here, and you'd think with a back marker you want the speed on, I actually like the fact there isn't much speed in this and they'll probably want to give Cocky Dot a good breather mid-race. Yeah. So they'll probably go pretty slowly here if – Joey takes off from the six or eight hundred meter mark. Um, that's what I'd like to see, which I haven't seen a great deal from this horse, and see if he because he always hits the line hard. But can he sustain a longer run? So if they go slowly, it'll be interesting to see if um, if he can sustain a longer run, or if they even look to go down that path. But no, I've uh, I've donated enough money um, in the on the Terps uh, basket over the journey, so um, my, my days are over uh, on the Terps. Okay, all right. So yeah, OTT the um, check Twitter. Post race, if uh, Joey has a party, happens to drive on the Terps home um, in race six on Saturday. But yeah, the Guru and I are uh, aligned in our thoughts. Tollman, skin and tins, and we're both knocking uh, King Blitz from gate one. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, race seven. Is this the start of the quaddy? It is. The 10 race card. 
Christ. Race seven, the first leg of the quadrilogy. Happy 80th birthday to uh, to Colin Webster. Handicap as well. So uh, happy birthday to, uh, to to Big Cole. Happy birthday, Cole. He's got unending in on the Friday. I'm not sure if he's got any runners in on the Saturday. I'll have a quick look after this. Um, but I found this to be a, another very difficult race to attack. But whatever you do like, you will get your price about here. And that's the um, that's the good thing. Did you have a strong lean in any particular direction, Beach? Oh, I don't think it's a strong lean, but I, I, for me, I just kept coming back to Divine Shadow. Uh, mm. You know, we've had our ups and downs, mostly downs, with the Brett mm. Pope stable, Terry, over the the course. Well, of, I haven't had an up over the course of the uh, the twenty episodes uh, of the one one thus far. Um, he's proven. His his stable has proven quite elusive for uh, for both of us, but um, I don't know. This just does look his race, um, uh, and um, I do have a lot of time for Barra Magic and I, our idol. I think they're both really progressive four year olds. Um, I think they're four, and um, obviously your Dreamin's racing well. Um, Watch me, Nene was a horse to follow, but he's going to be getting back. But yeah, for me, from from the draw, uh, from the form, from its lead up form, the way it's racing, Mitchell Pateman on board. I, I think this, if Divine Shadow is going to win a Saturday race, this is his race. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I actually um, snuffled up there. They went up ten bucks this morning. Which I thought looked a little bit over. There wasn't many I found this morning that looked um, looked a good price, but just from a from a barrier and and race map point of view, you do expect Divine Shadow to get a nice little um a nice little spot, maybe not too far from the speed. Um, I I am going to be having something I'd say on uh, on our idol as well. I I hate the barrier, but I. I've made it pretty clear that I think um, she's a pretty progressive mare. Yep. Um, and I I don't know what Joey's going to do. I, I'd hope to see him. It's probably not the type of ride I usually ask for, but I'd always hope to see him jump it and try and find a spot midfield or forward midfield with cover. Um, it has, it has led one. before, but that's not that's not, no, his, that's not his preference, but it, it, has, it can if they want it to. I think earlier in its career as well, which hasn't had a long career today, mm. but earlier in its career, it actually jumped a lot better. Yep. I don't, th- I don't know if they have the ability to lead on it or it has the ability to ping like it's, um, it did earlier in its career. Fair so, enough. um, I think our idol is quite progressive, but from the barrier, it's it's hard to, um, get too enthused about. Um, Barra Magic's the other one, absolutely flying. Won't get the speed on that it got at its last outing and has drawn eight, but um, has always promised to win uh, several races in a row. Um, and the other one I want to discuss, who I expect will get to a far better price, um, and it can be completely, its last three runs, uh, her last three runs can be completely um, discounted, is my fair Ballantine. Mm. Um, let him up in the Oaks, which was just not its go at all. Actually stuck on pretty admirably. Um, two prior efforts and then Natasha and the Guineas were okay. Just, again, not not its go. First up 1,800 metres, then to 22, 24. He just, uh, I think Daniel O'Connor tried to uh, bite off a little bit more than he can chew there. But um, if you go back to her last outing against Barra Magic, she actually beat that horse quite well. Um, and she's probably going to start double the price. Yep. Yeah, I think she had so. a st- starting price um, advantage over him that day as well. Yep. Yeah, she did. Yep, yep. I was on Barramagic. I remember that one clearly. Mm. Um, Barramagic actually did sit deep that day, in all, in all fairness to, to Barramagic. But um, if if she's taken no ill effects from those three runs and, and then the drop down in distance, 
uh, here. Uh, I think she can play a part, but again, I, I thought we might see something closer to, to Mandy territory, 20 to 1, so yeah. the 11s or 12s. Yep, I did too, yep. Hasn't piked my interest, BJ, but um, but I do think she can play a part here and she'll be going in my quadrilla. Good, good. So, yeah, so for me, I'm, um, I reckon the uh, – I actually marked Divine Shadow – Favorite, believe it or not. So did, yeah. so did I. Actually, that's interesting. What price? I was uh, I was floating between four sixty four eighty. So okay, five bucks. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The six fifty available still makes that a backable price. Then. Yep, yep. And um, I'll be I'll be that's following up on Baromagic and um, I'll just see what they do with our idol from a from a price point of view. But yeah, it did uh, you know it just it just looks the right setup for Divine Shadow. So I'll be chiming in there, and hopefully we can uh, be popping some corks with the Brett Pope stable on Saturday, Terry. Mm. Yes, that would be a nice, uh, a nice change of pace. There, uh, yeah, there hasn't been, uh, there hasn't been uh, many corks being popped with the uh, the Pope stable recently. Anyway, on to the uh, the WATC derby. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think um, uh, check on Betfair. There might be a, a market without the favourite because she's going to be pretty short here. I'd say VJ, but um, can you get her beaten? No, no, I'm actually. What price did you have her? Shorter than the current yeah. price. I um, that's why when I tipped Son of the God before, I, I'm not a big um, I'm not a big dollar sixty five man. But I think at, at the local and um, at uh, at Green Tab as well, mm-hmm. she's a dollar sixty. It's actually best prices on the two tabs. Uh, she's a dollar sixty five on both. I'm a little bit. I can't really. I don't really have access to to uh, one of the agencies, but they have four dollars forty up for the Derby for a fair while, and it was fairly clear Adelaide Ace wasn't coming and. Yep. All the other runners were falling by the wayside, so I'm a, I'm a, a little bit filthy that I, I was unable to attain the $4.40 that was sitting there for a while. But um, the dollar sixty-five, I think she trades closer to a dollar forty, dollar forty-five. Yeah, I was a dollar forty-five. Yeah. So I, I think with a degree, I've marked well, I've marked Son of a God a uh, dollar sixty-five, and I've marked Tuscan Queen a dollar forty. So you multiply that, you get two dollars thirty-one. Current prices, you can get two times a dollar sixty-five, and you're getting three dollars thirty. So that's significant overs. So really happy playing up the Son of a God winnings um, into Tuscan Queen, which. As I said, isn't usually my go, but it's it's considerable it's considerable overs, and I think it's it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a gift, if anything, BJ. And mm. what do they say about gift horses, Bernard? Yeah, you never look them in the mouth. Is that right? We should ne- never stare them in the mouth. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I I don't really see a way she loses. Red Hot Tip was the horse that could have beaten her if she drew wide and say Tuscan Queen. Think about the Regal Power Cockney Crew yep. Derby um, last year. Yep. Last year, yeah, yeah. Think about that. That that's how I could have seen her getting beaten, but now that she's drawn a gate, um, I dare say it's game set and uh, and match here, BJ. So, and I don't really have a strong opinion on who's going to run second either. Um, I think all of them. I thought Mister Minikin's your biggest ruffie in the field. I thought um, her effort last start was really good to go forward, boxing the speed, and still come back to run third in the yeah, um, in yeah. the Oaks. So um, Samantha Switch was good. They were all pretty good. So I nothing stands out for me in regards to a, a second pick. So I I can't really assist in that manner. Yeah, I reckon if the favourite out market Betfair producers, I'd be pretty keen to look at what what the um, exchange does with Midnight Blue. Uh, mm-hmm. I reckon that was a super derby trial in in the Melvista the other day. Um, gets better. It's just getting better every time it goes to the races. Prior to that, went really well in a in a Roberts P Hall. He's uh, he he 
Does he find a gear when he dons the Cerise and White? It seems though. Yeah, but but um, Cerise and White, P Hall in the big races. I reckon he's a clear cut second pick, Midnight Blue. So I'll be I'll be checking out that that market too, Terry. My maths, very quick maths there, are telling me you'll get around about the $5, $5.50 market for Midnight Blue to win that uh, without any other runner. Um, so that's a good push from from you there, Beach. All right, yeah. And um, obviously, you know, there's um, all those horses will be there doing their best. There's plenty of talent there. But Tuscan Queen is is just simply two or three, four, four classes above above these and um she just has to turn up i think and for me from a favorite out point of view uh, i think midnight blue is a good thing to run second mate if tuscan queen was a trotter she'd be a dollar 15 here yeah yeah um i mean it, when you go back and look at that oaks replay pikey just gave her a bit of a rub as darren mccauley likes to say he just gave her oh. a bit of a rub and she extended and then he was just like oh, i better give her one gave her one and then she just and he just put the stick away and she's lengthened and it they absolutely walked as well, and I think she'll be suited by the better, uh, the slightly better tempo that Red Hot Tipple put into the race. So, um, yeah, I, I just can't see a world in which she gets beaten. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it looks like the uh, Cerise and White, Peter's investment domination of our Autumn three-year-old classics will continue, and, um, yeah, and Tuscan Queen, she's a, she's a star. She will be winning. Okay. Race nine yes. is the Pepsi Max Handicap. 2100 meters um last start terry you were super keen on speaking of the cerise and white you were super keen on adornment in the 1800 meter lead up a uh, feeder race to this you're going to be following up oh well it was four dollars 40 this morning then three dollars 50 various agencies which i'm unable to get on unfortunately it's now two dollars 62.70 which is um somewhat upsetting from a punting point of view but um yeah i've i've um i've got her on top i i, I said last time i don't think she's necessarily a true stayer but she's got a better grounding attacking the 2100 meters this time yeah. um yeah. at a 2200 meter effort uh two starts ago she was third up um coming off a fairly lengthy spell so i always think she was going to be short of the run there but um yeah the 2100 meters fifth up uh with a good barrier as well pike should be able to land just behind um the speed i've even potentially got her on the back of a horse like black shadow who might end up um Outside punching yeah. in the breeze um and if she lands there she's she's got to be awfully 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 um hard to beat current market does surprise me a little bit i i mr cunif is my big knock in the race um i i always take on horses staying for the first time got the dream run through a couple of perfect couple of pearlers in a row from jay whiting um on um gate, gate one pearlers weren't they for them, the fish yeah yep. exactly right so up the four dollars 50 second favorite i've got mr conifer at 15 to one um in my market yeah there's just no way in the world i could have it so i mean at the current prices volkswagen frank i'm of the opinion that really love the 2400 and i don't know what happened last week you don't sit three and four deep no matter how slowly they go over 2400 to win like that but apparently you do um black shadow <laughs> has been getting dream runs but surely from a wide gate this time it's gonna have to do a bit of work and punch a breeze i would suspect with a bit less top end speed to be able to slot in behind um but here comes lenny at, at nearly 10 to 1 it's probably probably over the over the odds i can't see how it's nearly the same price as a horse like mr pago who while racing well um has only been racing down in albany so um here comes lenny was luckless 
um, in the 2400 meter race. And the week before that, uh, when facing Mr. Cunifer, was the horse who made the most ground out wide. Yep. Well, nothing out wide was really coming at them. So, um, yeah, here comes Lenny's a horse. It's another one that's probably out of chances with me. But uh, I've marked... Um, I marked Lenny six sixty, so the nine fifty ten bucks is is an easy little investment. But I do really want to be on adornment here. I I was hoping to get the majority of the investment on it triple your money plus, but um, that might not be happening now, Beach. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think adornment will win. Price is isn't. There's no uh, value there for me. Um, the value in the market at the moment looks to be probably around. Black Shadow. He's developed a real level of toughness this campaign. He's um he he was good three back when he ran third in the Paddy Shadow race. He won after um getting plenty of favours, but it was a really strong, decisive win two back. And then he um forced to go forward from a high draw. I thought he was pretty brave actually last Saturday when just run down late by Volkswagen Frank. Uh, I think he'll. I just think he'll run well. Run well again. He's race fit, in form. Um, they're they're really they're riding him confidently. Uh, I think he'll go well again. Um, outside of that, I um, Volkswagen Frank, as you said, that was, gee, that was something else, wasn't it? Three mm. wide punching the entire mile and a half, and just kept coming and coming and a bit of, and bit of money came as well. It, money yeah, was there. Money He's well. gonna mm. yuck. You just have to respect that that performance. I actually think Mr. Pago will go will run well. He's racing well. He's drawn drawn low. He's gonna get a soft run. He can he can bob up. Um, and uh, but yeah, for me, uh, I think from a tipping point of view, adornment on top. From a value point of view, I'm leaning towards Black Shadow at the moment. Yep. No, I don't. Uh, I don't mind that at all, BJ. Yeah, disappointing. Some of this value isn't uh, forthcoming that I, I thought it might have. Uh, I thought it might. What have price? Been, what so. price did you mark? Throw down. Just out of curiosity. Uh, I had throw down. Throw down quite uh, quite lengthy mid twenties. Okay, all right. Memory. Yep. Uh, just a bit of a nonny in town. For, it keeps drawing. It seems to keep drawing wide in town, and and just doesn't get. Um, it just has to do the work to get into the race, and they, they've got this, the methodology. It's an out and out stayer, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a length or two off these top liners. They actually got outstayed the other day by Volkswagen Frank. Yes. Um, so maybe coming a, back to the run race. maybe coming back to the twenty-one might might suit. It's, all, it's just about Maddie territory for me at the moment. But we'll we'll revisit that post preview too. Mm, yeah, just from barrier twelve, it's very difficult. Do you yeah. know it was huge last start. I actually uh, won't win this, and I don't know why he's chucked it here. But I backed Bill's O'Reilly first up at about sixty to one. <laughs> um, first up after a little freshen up. It was huge when running second to Thunderboom. It, it'll run close to last year, I'm sure. But um, look for a midweek little staying race with Bills O'Reilly. It's a it's a stay with a lot of talent who should be should have derived a lot of fitness from that run. Okay, all right. Um, so yeah, another a tough middle distance race. That on a it's a tough race to assess on a tough card, and um, yeah, and so like it uh, will be you know maintaining flexibility with our pricing during the day i suppose terry and the pattern will will tell us a lot by the time we get to to this stage of the day but yeah it just does look like one of those cards where we might just have to like you mentioned earlier we might just have to dive into a couple of the shorties and um mm. and just try to pinch pinch something um from there but um anyway we um we better move on to race 10 aka the get out stakes terry Yes, and the get-out stakes. It's been a uh, 
It's been, in, in some recent weeks, it's been a bit of a ding-dong battle. Last week we had Laverod versus Red Can Man, and I dare say that the uh, Get Out Stakes, S-T-E-A-K-S, this week will be um, dominated, uh, nominations-wise, by two horses in uh, Cryptic Love and uh, and the Queen, Celebrity Queen, BJ. Uh, can you can you look any... I know you've got a bit of time for... Uh, for Freddie Dad, um, <laughs> can I? I personally can't have Fred coming back to the twelve. I think it's one I would have preferred to see probably getting out to the sixteen. If 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 anything, coming back to the twelve. But can you look outside the two uh, the two main fancies here? Well, uh, not really. But before we do, before I uh, let you know what I came up with, just a quick mm-hmm. reminder: Market City Meats Get Out Steaks. If you want to enter and be in the running for a delicious beef package from the largest retail butcher shop in Perth at us on Twitter at the one one pod who you think will win the get out stakes race 10 at Ascot on Saturday and a decimal winning margin if I was entering Terry I would be locking in uh, cryptic love Um, the pontiff he lifted this mare over the line for us we were both roaring her home um, last start two weeks back uh, she's going to have to be right on top of her game to get over the top of, um, you know, quite a you know, high-talented filly and celebrity queen. But I, I suspect that Cryptic Love can, if there's a horse that can do it, I reckon she's the one. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think it's a very, very... Um it's going to be very much ride dependent, um, but I'm I'm in team Cryptic Love again as yeah. well, BJ. I actually didn't mind. I thought Cryptic Love could have uh, run a bit of a race in the Marjorie Charles and uh, had something on before it was um, uh, before she was scratched there. So if I thought she could win that, I definitely think she can win this. Um, I'm just trying to uh, decide what I thought of Celebrity Queen's last run. It was a track where making ground was difficult. Um, Tycoon Legend since come out in a 78 plus and run an absolute bolt. Mm. last weekend so that horse tycoon legends flying and that that is still the worst placement of a horse with tycoon legend that i've ever seen putting a 62 raider in a 78 plus when it's flying and if you do jag the wind you're going to get 20 ratings points so um i didn't understand that and I, I will never understand that um but i felt celebrity queen was entitled just to win a little bit easier um you're talking wild front i know it was a leader bias chap but wild fronts run third that's that's pretty questionable form so um I'm never going to discount William Pike in the saddle, but uh, I just think I just think Cryptic Love's really going super at the moment. I think Paul Harvey's going super at the moment, and um, at around four bucks, I've marked them three dollars thirty the pair. Mm. A lot of that is due to the respect I have for for William Pike um, in these type of races where there's an absolute guts load of speed out in front. Um, but at around four bucks or above, Cryptic Love becomes a um, yeah pretty. Pretty easy investment for me, um, BJ. So this is what we've all been waiting for. Uh, we don't. Mm. This is this is going to be Pike the Wizard versus Harvey the Pontiff on the two fancies. Both have a very similar racing pattern. Both will be hopefully will be uh, produced at the same time on straightening. This could this could be a battle for the ages over the last two hundred meters at Ascot in the get out, Terry. Well, it's going to be a cracker. Yep. There could be a four wide line here. I mean, you've got Illustrious Tycoon will probably sit from one, but then you've got Bell's Tower four, Maginica 12. These are barriers, sorry. Uh, Pegatigo 13, Aldi La 15, and Speeding Comet 
right lead, but we'll probably sit deep from um, 16. So you're going to, you're going to see, and they're all pretty weak animals or not ready to win first up. So you're going to see a fair bit of um, a fair bit happening out in front early and it will really come down to who gets the gaps. And, and, and yeah, it's a shame luck will, will not, not a shame, but luck, luck and skill in the ride will play a massive um, part in, in the result without doubt. Um, and yeah, th- these two really should have it between them. Mm. I think one horse that can be a fly in the ointment and a bit disappointed actually that, um, that, um, that she hasn't raced in the 1,000-metre race earlier in the day, as I reckon with uh, all that speed we spoke about where we tipped Dea Calida. Yep. If Glasgow Girls in that race, I would have been all over her. I reckon that just was the most perfect setup for her. So um, her last run was huge, yep. very difficult to miss. Gets a low draw, gets a little weight swing um, off the two fancies. But I don't think she's got the, the class of those two. But if, if Jade rides the, the race and, and, and rides a length better race, um, than Pike and maybe a length and a half better race than Harvey, then uh, she's probably not impossible. Mm. But um, I will be, uh, I'll be all in cryptic love uh, at around that $4 and above Mark Bernard. Yeah, looking forward to this one. The uh, the Pontiff and the Wizard um, head-to-head, it looks uh, mm. like being something else. Obviously, Fred Dagg goes good. He, he put in a bit of a flat run second up, but that was a very fast, intense 1,400-meter race there at Ascot. Uh, 20, the track was very cooked yeah, that day. Yeah, 21 very, days very ago. Very rock hard, he, yeah. If, he, if, he, um, if he's on song, he can he can stretch the two two main fancies. And I just would just throw out one horse who I know that you've you've had a, um up-and-down relationship with, but I reckon she might be able to inc- include this horse in your, in your first four-horse punters, Dacio. Um, mm. Not a bad run with weight and an apprentice jockey on at um, in the Son of a God race at Pinjarra the other day. Um, this could this could sneak into third or fourth um, in this race, so I wouldn't be leaving her out completely. But for me, Cryptic Love with you, Guru, all the way. All right, we'll stick in Team Cryptic Love. All right, I like it. That brings us to the end of a 10-race card that we're not uh, jumping out of our skin for. But uh, nonetheless, there's some reasonable betting opportunities. I don't know if there's too many Maddies, to be honest, um, BJ. But um, what have left? let's head in that direction now. And uh, what have you got for me as your, uh, as your best of the day? Okay, so my best of the day, well, there's a couple of shorties that we've spoken about at length who should should just win, which which could line a few of uh, of our pockets on Saturday. From a value point of view and from a best betting proposition, I'm going to be looking at race seven, number six, Divine Shadow. Had this horse marked fave, uh, 450. He's, uh, he's around the 650 mark, so there's overlay there. Uh, good draw. Mitchie Pateman's um, up and about at the moment. Uh, I think this is a race for Divine Shadow. I think he'll go close. Very good. I didn't expect that one. I'm, um, I like it. It's a bit of value for our uh, best of the day. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to um, provide the same value uh probably going to do something which is a little bit uh, unlike me but i uh, i don't want to to make it up um son of a god all up tuscan queen uh, are we allowed to do that yeah yeah, yeah we've we done that before that. Yeah, of course of course we can yeah uh we have actually yeah son of a god all up tuscan queen uh it's currently a tick over three to one i've got it marked two dollars ten so um watch a couple of nice horses with william pike in the saddle it's uh it's a nice way to win on occasion so um that that double at triple your money is uh is comfortably um my best bet of the day. Okay, so we're moving on to Maddie territory. For 
those just tuning in for their first edition of the one one these we're looking for horses that are currently twenty dollars and above uh, at our time of recording on um, Thursday afternoon Terry have you have you been able to zero in on on one or two maddies for the listeners out there no uh, I haven't actually, Major. I'm looking at the horses that are over twenty to one. This isn't a this isn't a Maddie, mate. To be honest with you, I'm uh, I'm battling to come up with a Maddie. How about we? Uh, oh no, I, I do have one. I didn't actually mention it earlier. And you keeping this? Like you keeping to, this one to yourself, were you, Terry? No, I probably I probably won't even back it to be honest. <laughs> well, I didn't back. Uh, I didn't back. Um, what did I tip last week? Uh, Cramden. Yeah, tip yeah. Cramden. Didn't have a didn't have a cent on. I, I marked it. $21 and money came late, traded at 18s, 19s and I'm too bloody stubborn to bet below my price <laughs> even though I had it on top. So that was that was a very poor viewing for me when you <laughs> tip something at a price, you probably should have something on. Um, Adrian McPhee. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's gone really well. Um, the Emma Stent is also a jockey who I think starts above her um she starts above her price i actually think she rides really well emma stent so um adrian mcfree mcfee sorry went back to near last uh, in a really really strong pinjaro race last time out this is not necessarily that much harder previous effort behind festival miss um was really really impressive if if emma can get this gelding out of the machine settle first few from the good gate um i i don't think uh, he's impossible to win the race so adrian mcfee is uh, is my maddie bj Okay. All right. Well, I think I touched on earlier. I'm going to add the current prices. You can get, there's $23 available at the moment. My Maddie for the day is Throwdown in race nine in the distance race. I think that's that's well over my marked price. So I'm happy to lock in uh, Throwdown as a Maddie. But in that same race as Terry, um, there is a horse who, who um, sort of have a similar thought process as you, Terry, who, who's a similar price, who might be able to run a race first up also is 23 red. Pretty honest horse, um, $26 best available. You could do worse than him on the day. 100%. I uh, I don't mind that. Trial was okay yep. as well. And um, yeah, well, you can't go to the casino anymore. So this is the closest you can get to playing roulette, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. So if you make sure you tune in to uh, Twitter. There might be some... Um, Pete McCormick or Daniel Cripps or Terry Layton might be doing some Betfair lays. Also, uh, Terry, uh, we'll get you to to share a few of the uh, the new markets that, that Betfair are producing to um, to our listeners, and we'll share them via the the one one on Twitter just to get people involved in some of the uh, innovation coming out of the Betfair hub and the Betfair exchange. So that'll be good. So everyone, fire up your Twitter accounts on Friday and Saturday, and we'll uh, try to keep everyone up to date with what is happening on the exchange. Now we've got to move on to our horses to follow segment, Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's first? You can go. Hey, okay. Thank you, BJ. Uh, I've got a, got a few. Um, I want to look at the country first and in a maiden sense. A uh, horse by the name of um, Victory Shot. Started short and on the surface might look disappointing. It was actually behind Mr. Mount Walker, the race we discussed earlier. Mm -hmm. um, they absolutely wandered that race. And um, if you look at how Aberdeen Queen came out and won well last week. Um, I think Victory Shot was arguably having a better run than Aberdeen Queen. So might get a slightly inflated price because on the surface, the run doesn't look as good as it was because of how slowly they went. Um, Moshard was big last week for Peter Fernie. Locomotive sat deep the trip after a real good trial and I thought boxed on pretty well. Yep. Yep. Look for a race. Locomotive can find the top. Um, 
and I think we might get a nice price next start. And then looking ahead to the sires, I think it's um, it should be Watch Me Dance's race, um, but uh, a special mention to Starfield Impact and Precautionary, who will be a big price, um, who I thought both think were huge in um, in the Karakata and look like eating up the 1,400 metres, BJ. Okay, so my horses to follow. I had Moshard down, Moshard, Moshard had uh, him down as well. That was a nice little first up effort. So yeah, I think you can follow him with confidence second up and third up in the coming weeks. The other ones I had uh, all from last Saturday, I thought Kelvin put the riding on the wall last Saturday. I reckon he's just about ready to win. Pretty sure there's a 1500 meter three odd race coming up or um, next Saturday, which I imagine would uh, be right up his alley. Um, he was pretty tough, setting a uh, pretty hot tempo out in front. Picture perfect. If uh, staying race um, next in, in the coming weeks, I think picture perfect will be winning. One of the most eye-catching runs of the day was a horse called Lawfy. Went around in the old Comrade Stakes. I think it was like oh, 150 yeah. to one or 200 to one. SP was a really really good run. Um, Man, I've actually I've actually got Lawfy written down. I've just forgot to read it. It was, <laughs> it was, a, it it was almost well, career so. best for Lawfy. Second up after a uh, oh, after was, a long layoff. It was a huge run. Uh, career best by some, I'd say. Yeah, geez, it was a good run. So Lawfy. Mm. Um, yeah, he, he's more of a 1,800-metre uh, horse, but he's only a 67 rider, so they should be able to place him to advantage um, moving forward with his preparations. So they are my black bookers, Terry. Very good. Now, it's um, top-notch trialers. Uh, Terry usually um, uh, usually has and nothing to add to this particular no, segment. Um, Sorry. I saw some. Uh, some we we'll had to discuss dig deep next week. Though. Yes, yes. So everyone, put that in your put that in your diary Back calendar. Yeah. Yes, dig deep. We'll be trialing next week. The people's horse. So there was some Bunbury trials on Monday. I really liked the heat win of Old Mick, uh, class one three year old Ross Price, uh, nice horse. Fellow um, three year old Lavina from the Lindsay Smith trial. It won heat eight on the same Bunbury. Trial session, it looks like it, it won't be a maiden for too much longer. And there's a horse by the name of On Red Alert. Do you know the horse, Terry? Uh, Kathy O'Hara? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, Alanis. Kathy, Alanis, Alanis, o, O'Hara. Alanis O'Hara. Alanis, yeah. um, one, with Christy, uh, one with Christy Bennett on it at York or Narrage in last campaign. Yeah, have a look. If For all you trial watchers out there, have a look at the trial of On Red Alert from an unfashionable stable, Lucy Warwick uh, on board. It could just fly under the radar um, in a uh, in a class one or class three provincial race just keep an eye on on red alert I reckon uh, I reckon it'll go very close whatever it steps out in first up provided it's placed to advantage I like it well I don't know if I like it I'll have to watch it first but uh, I do like the unfashionable trialer as well it's nice to find one from a little hidden stable somewhere isn't it BJ yeah yeah so um, you couldn't imagine that horse would be overbet, but um, keep an eye out for on red alert I actually have a whatever happened to Terry mm. um, a horse called Lady Sass hasn't um, hasn't been seen for a while I was doing some replays last uh, last night and come across 
Lady Sass uh, finishing third one day. It might have been its last run, actually. We were in third behind Harry Thomas and... Um, Did my ass on that last couple of starts before the spell. Yeah, yeah. So I might just check in with Morton Racing, might see how Lady Sass is coming along or whether she is still coming along. And while we're at it, I might just uh, ask Dan or one of the stable representatives to, to provide the 1-1 with an update on Man Booker, the stable champ. Very good. All right, well, that just brings us to an end of another episode, episode 20. Can you believe we've made it this far, mate? Yeah, I, no, I can't actually, I'm, uh, especially with uh, the distancing and um, and the fact that uh, we have to use technology, which is uh, that far out of my wheelhouse. It's, uh, it's not even funny. So uh, I appreciate that assistance with uh, getting me up and running and allowing uh, me to figure it out from, from long range. But uh, no, 20 episodes, it's a, it's a big effort. Well done. Yes, yeah, it's been a good team effort. And and this, we, uh, this, this one could be as long as all 19 combined, I reckon, <laughs> as well. <laughs> While we're patting ourselves on the back, yeah, be warned that this is a three-hour podcast. So, so This is <laughs> going to be a lengthy one, yeah. We'll, we'll, blame, we'll blame Dan for that, though. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks again to Dan Pierce. But uh, as always, I'll throw to the Perth Racing Guru to, uh, to take us out on episode 20 of the 1-1. Never been big on the whole taking us out. I never, never really know exactly what to say, but uh, it's pretty easy this week, isn't it? We've got 19 races in a 30-hour period. Isn't that just, uh, geez, it's, it's pretty exciting stuff. So, so good luck to everyone um, over the 19 races. I hope there's at least four winners each. Mm. I think we need at least four or five winners over the 19 races to, uh, to come out uh, square or a little bit in front. Good luck to Dan Pierce, who we had on earlier, and thank you again to Dan Pierce with our Angelic Ruler. Uh, in the Marjorie Chalson um, and uh, I look forward to recording episode 21 with you next week BJ so until next week on the 1-1